Restaurants Unstoppable, episode 812 with Brandon Knoffel. You know, if if anybody can learn anything from this, man, I think it's worth me kind of, you know, airing out my dirty laundry a little bit, you know, because we all have these skeletons, man. I mean, let's just get real with each other. If we don't get if we don't have these real conversations, then who's going to really learn, man? You know, or even me. What if what, what can I learn from me? Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Does your hospitality extend beyond the four walls of your business? Well, if it doesn't, it could with Ovation. So what is Ovation? Ovation is an omni-channel two-question survey that gets happy guests to leave positive reviews and unhappy guests to chat instantly with you or your team to resolve the issue in real time before they leave a bad review or they never come back. And with this channel of communication, you can easily see trends of what is driving positive and negative experiences. Not only does it improve your communication and your relationship with your guest. It also is a tool to drive revenue. You can drive revenue with third to first party ordering conversion. You can drive revenue with a rainy day text blast. You can also drive revenue when your guests automatically download your loyalty app. To learn more, head over to www.ovationup.com slash unstoppable. And when you use your link, you can get 2000 free text messages to help you start getting more feedback, reviews, and revenue. Again, that's ovationup.com slash unstoppable. Streamline your clean faster than ever before with Ecolab Sink and Surface Cleaner Sanitizer. Ecolab's two-in-one sink and surface cleaner sanitizer is one product that can both clean and sanitize food contact surfaces in front of house, back of house, and the third sink. Like other EPA-registered food contact surface sanitizers, it helps protect against foodborne illness. To learn more, visit ecolab.com slash unstoppable or talk to your Ecolab representative. A lot of people are talking about Restaurant 365, and that's probably because they are the only cloud-based, all-in-one restaurant management software with restaurant-specific accounting, inventory, scheduling, and payroll plus HR. Restaurant 365 is perfect for the multi-location restaurant business. Their customers have seen 5% decrease in food and beverage costs because they have access to more actionable data. Restaurant 365 is the king of integrations with over 90 integrations with the POS, including hundreds of vendors and thousands of banks. So you have a truly connected system. No more man managing out of multiple systems. Lastly, Restaurant 365 empowers your management team with real-time P&L with access to check-level detail. No more waiting on your accounting teams for P&Ls weeks later. To learn more, head over to restaurant365.com slash unstoppable. And if you use that link, you will save 50% off your first month. 
What's going on, Unstoppables? We have a great show for you today. I'm actually really excited for today's show. But before we let you know what's going on, just a quick reminder that this podcast needs your support. You can support this podcast by supporting our sponsors, supporting our affiliates, sharing this thing, and joining Restaurant Unstoppable Network. And thank you in advance for doing those things. So today, we're talking to Brandon Knopfel. And Brandon, man... Wait until you hear this story. Uh, he is somebody who came on my radar uh, by way of the network, Restaurant Stoppable Network. He's been a longtime listener of the podcast. He was actually the first person to sign up for Restaurant Unstoppable Network. And that's not why I chose to have him come on the show. I chose to have him come on the show because as I got to know Brandon, I just started to realize that, holy shit, this guy has gone through a lot. And when we when we think of a lot of the guests we have on the show, they're uh, nationally known. You know, they've gotten all these accolades. They're at the top of their game and they're considered very successful. The thing is, success is relative and relative to Brandon's story, what he has gone through, what he has overcome, uh, being incarcerated multiple times overcoming addiction and drug abuse to be where he is today. I just can't say how proud I am of this guy and his story is really inspiring. And I just felt the need to make an example of him and to show people that no matter where you are in life, no matter how bad you fucked up, there's always the choice to start today to make a difference, start moving your life in the right direction. And if you show up consistently and you put the work in, things will turn around for you. And Brandon is an example of that. And I'm just so excited to, to share his story with no further ado. Here it is. Brandon Knoffel. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, the owner and operator of the Acorn Grill, Brandon Knopfel. Brandon, are you feeling unstoppable today? Definitely feeling unstoppable, man. Dude, I am so excited to have you here. I'm feeling unstoppable because I have a, I, I've been I've known you now for what like almost a year because you were you have been listening to the show. I don't know how long. Um, but you've been a part of the network since the very beginning. I think you're actually my very first member of the network. And I just can't say thank you enough for your support. And it's a crazy being the, the host of Restaurant Unstoppable. I constantly come across people. And at first impressions, I'm like, oh, just another person in the network. And I really don't know a lot about those people until I develop a relationship with them. And every once in a while, I'm just blown away by like the, the rock stars that are surrounding me. And I, I don't know how lucky I am sometimes and to know some of these great people. And you're absolutely one of those people that as I got to know them, the story started to unfold. And I've just been blown away with you um, in the network, your participation, your knowledge, your desire to constantly grow, dude. So Thanks, man. I, we are going to get a great episode today. I know we are. and I'm so excited to make an example of you. But before we dive into who you are and what your story is, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us? Uh, what it's been for the last year, man, is uh, especially with everything that's going on with COVID, um, patience and persistence, man, makes for an unbeatable combination for success. Patience really and persistence. How has that served you over time? So I'm naturally, I think a lot of us, especially in today's world, aren't very patient. We want everything. We want it right now. Yeah. We feel like, you know, there's a sense of entitlement or we've seen somebody else do something, but we didn't hear the story of like how, where they, you know, what they, what it took to, for them to get where they're at today. So it, it, it we ever think, we think everybody's an overnight success. Absolutely. Because man. usually when people make it, 
they they explode and all of a sudden everybody knows about them at once for sure but nobody knew about them the 10 years before that when they were grinding right right yeah right absolutely dude um and i think you're another example you're an example of that too and and people will see why as we get going uh but what where does it make sense to start telling your story because you didn't you did work in restaurants uh, but you didn't know that you were going to open a restaurant. You didn't. You weren't committed to this as a career until recently, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know exactly. Y- yes and no. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm going to say yes. Um, yes, you weren't yeah, committed. Yeah, yeah. Or you were. Yeah, it, it was always a dream of mine. It was okay. always a goal of mine. Um, uh, the restaurant industry was like, I, I I guess back up a little bit. Um, my my parents owned re- owned a restaurant when I was a kid, and then my dad migrated into a restaurant of his own, a pizza shop kind of thing. So it yep. was kind of already in my blood a little bit. Got it, got it. Um, but yeah, man, I, I it was like seven years ago I wrote down as a five year goal to open a restaurant. Okay. And the restaurant industry was like the one restaurant that I really took to, and 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 that kind of took me in as as one of their own because I think of all the hodgepodge of all the people and and the you know, the different, the, the unique, um, um, culture that is with that. So 2014 is when you said I'm in five years going to open my own restaurant. You did it in three years, which is awesome. Um, you grew up in the restaurant industry. Any lessons from your parents about what to do or any mistakes they made that you learned not to do or anything like that? Yeah, I don't really think that they ran restaurants. I think they just sold food. You know what I mean? Like it was a complete yes. diff- different. And, and the, the restaurant, the, the original restaurant that they owned together, and it was actually kind of why they divorced, um, which I guess I learned from that. Um, but they only had it for like a year or so. So it really it was very, it was just this crazy idea they thought they were going to be able to do. And it, it became overwhelming and time consuming. Where were you during this? Like how, was, where, when they owned the restaurant, where, how old were you? So I was, I was just a baby man, but okay. I grew up with these stories yeah. of, of when they did this, you know? Okay. okay. The, from the stories you've heard, what are the, the things, knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. being a part of the network, listening to all these other stories of restaurateurs and growing as a person your, yourself, what do you think didn't work with them? I think they were opening it. And I see this a lot with restaurant owners and that's okay. I mean, but they were opening for the wrong reasons. Mm. Um, it was more of the, um, allure, the, you know, broad shoulders. Um, and it seemed like it was easy. So that's, I, 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 I don't do that here. Mm. I, I don't go and sit at my tables and act like some, you know, whatever, because I'm, I'm, just like everybody else. I mean, hell, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fry cook if I have to be. I'm a dishwasher if I have to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what? So this is going way back to when you're a baby, young. Um, you grew up, uh, you work in restaurants. Was there a, a point in your career prior to for 2014 um, in the restaurant industry where you had somebody who you were just like, wow, they're, they're doing it right? Yeah, I don't, they didn't own their own restaurants. Um, but I, I had met, um, the managers that like mentored me along the way. Um, you know, one back in, oh man, it was 2006, I think. Um, his name was Ira and he worked, we worked at corporate, uh, at Crapplebee's, you know, um, that whole deal. And, um, he was a manager there and I mean, he had owned, um, restaurants and, and done all that. And then he kind of retired, but when he retired, he got into restaurant management for corporate. So somebody else yep. would handle the stuff. Yep. Um, 
and, and, and he taught me so much, man. There was so much value with this guy. And, and I think the one thing that really stands out for me is like, cause I would get so like obsessive compulsive about like getting my tables right. And then, I, you know, through Applebee's, I, I went from serving to bartending, you know, to a key hourly, that, that kind of thing. Um, expo, but, uh, he'd always tell me, he's like, you know, Brandon, it's just food. Calm down. Like, don't get yourself out of, you know, been out of shape about it. Okay. So w- reflecting back some of the big lessons he taught you, any gems surfacing? I think it was just kind of that, you know, that mentality of don't, it's just food. Don't lose your cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So take us to that example of what, like what was like the internal dialogue that'd be happening with you? Uh, and then how, how do you kind of walk yourself off that cliff now? Sure. Yeah. And it's kind of still the same, same mentality. I mean, even when I was just like, you know, employee for, for a restaurant, you know, um, I, I, that, perfectionism that that I wanted that control you know I, I I was I was angry at the back of the you know the line because they didn't get my food right and then I had to go and serve this customer you know whatever or um you know I was angry because you know two people didn't show up for their shift and I didn't have any control over that yeah. you know and I wanted everything to be perfect even though I was just a a team member there yeah and I think that's one thing that we can learn is that we don't have to control everything. Like we, we have ideal situations, right? And it's something we should be striving for. But when the shit hits the fan, it's going to hit the fan. Obsessing over how it's not right is going to get in the way of just doing what you can in that moment to, to win back the guests or to, it's going to pull from the recovery, right? What are your right. thoughts as I'm saying that? Uh, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and it was actually until, um, and, and kind of jumping ahead a little bit here, um, till I met Jose, who's, um, you know, my partner now, like we just, we just brought him on, I just brought him on as a, as a full partner, man. Just when? Like two weeks ago, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't even think we haven't even talked about this in the network yet. Nah, kind of. So when did Jose come on scene? So, we are getting ahead of ourselves. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. But, um, it's, yeah, Jose came on the scene of, of Acorn at Acorn Grill January. Actually, I interviewed him January 1st, 2019, our first kind of met him interview. Um, and through him working here. But anyway, my, my point with what bringing him up so early in this is, is I'm watching him and we're working side by side. I mean, this guy had incredible grind and hustle, man, just like I, but he didn't have that, like, you know, obsessive compulsive, everything has to be perfect, you know, controlling thing. He's, he, you know, he's, I'm just watching him. He's like, you know, it'll be all right. I've worked at a lot of restaurants that were way worse than this. And they, you know, at systems or different things, he's like, just calm down a little bit, man. So it's the same. It's like you're echoing the lessons that exactly. uh, Ira taught you. And, exactly. Um, but he also has that 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 owner like that that bug or like that that gene that makes people want to have that that strive for excellence. I think that is important. I think it's good to have that. You want that, but you can't let it swarm and like blind everything else. You know, like yeah. like you can't. What's the word I'm looking for? Just it, it, they can be blinders sometimes. Um, so I want to talk more about Jose, but going back. Um, I feel like it's worth, I mean, you, you were incarcerated and I know that's a big part of your story. When does that come into the picture? Yeah. Um, so I kind of, um, here in rural Indiana where we're at right now, um, um, you know, it was a, it was a different time, man. Meth was taking over and we're, I think we're going to talk a lot of, little bit about drugs and stuff like that too, man. Um, so, you know, the meth scene was really blowing up here and, um, what's the year? Uh, this is, oh gosh dang, 2001 or so, man. Okay. Um, was the first time I ever really got like locked up, man. And it was, a, it was at a juve, as a juvenile. 
Yeah. Um, How old were you in 2001? I had like 16, I think, man. Okay. Yeah. Going back yeah. You know, 20 years ago. Exactly. Probably, yeah. yeah. Okay. So 36 now. 37, I 37 think. 37 now. Yeah. Okay. So 2001, take us to that point. So um, 2001, man, it was, it was, uh, I didn't really have any parental, con- parental control, man. Um, parental control? Yeah. Like okay. the, my dad wasn't around, dude. Okay. Um, my mom was busy working, you yeah. know, four other kids, three other kids to worry about, single parent, you know, that same old story, yeah. man. So I was off with my friends all the time and kind of making friends and families with other people that I probably shouldn't have, yeah. older people kind of looking for that parental figure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of partying and doing what the, whatever I wanted, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my first, my first arrest was uh minor consumption, alcohol, and that yep. kind of snowballed into, um, you know, a lot worse charges over, you know, time of, after I turned 18. Okay. And what point, um, was like, what would you say like what your lowest point was? I know you did a lot of traveling when you were in Applebee's, were you were in Florida? Yeah, I was in Florida. Yeah. Okay. So between 2001, and 2006, like, well, were you working in restaurants at this time? Uh, 2000, 2001 and 2006, um, n- n- well, off and on, like, um, but just like a for now job, right? Yeah. You weren't yeah. taking it seriously until Applebee's is probably when you started to really evolve as a, a restaurant professional. No, it was the job after Applebee's. Okay. Yeah. It's, 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 there's a, there's a big timeline, so it's real kind of hard to n- nail down the timeline. So I'll kind of just summarize a okay. little bit. Yeah. Um, so I, after I turned 18, um, getting locked up again, like I was in jail when I was 18, man, um, as a minor in jail, even, um, not long after that, I ended up going to prison for the first time, Indian department of corrections, um, through that prison sentence, um, at the end of it, I was allowed to have work release in the uh, prison. Like I was still in prison, but like they they have this special house for for guys. Yeah, and um, I worked in a restaurant there, so that was my first real big introduction to the restaurant industry. This was in Indianapolis. And this is like two thousand three, two thousand probably. Yeah. Okay. yeah, got it. Um, so you get released from this this situation where you're you know can go back to life as you knew it. Um, and is that when you made your way down to Florida? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like one of those situations like, all right, I, I'm, I'm 21 now. Like it's time to start getting my life together. Yeah. And I, and I thought I could just move away from the element. Mm-hmm. Um, those elements, drug addiction, um, you know, uh, lack of discipline kind of have a tendency of following you. Yeah. So it was literally and Applebee's in Florida was my first gig. And that's, I, I left here trying to, trying to kind of escape whatever I was, you know, and find my way. And, um, it did, it was so ironic, man. The first day I walked in from my, my shift at Applebee's, like I met the expo, like I was tucking in my shirt in the bathroom and the expo's in there, like putting alcohol into his cup at like 10 AM in the morning. Jeez. And I'm like, all right, we're going to be friends, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and we became like really good friends, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's weird because like this, it's all you knew, like relativity, right? You grew up with that being normal and you tend to gravitate towards what you know. Right. right. And I think you had the right mentality of, you you are the average of those you surround yourself with. So if you're trying to break habits, you you can't people, places, and I think like things or like things, yeah. habits are the things that will trigger bad habits to coming back. So you've got to get away from those things. But the hard thing is in the restaurant industry, we're plagued with yeah. those people. So it's hard if you're trying to recover to into work in this industry to not have the temptation, right? So at this point, I'm I'm assuming you're not thinking like that quite yet. You're kind of just like, oh, like yeah, you know, what's going through your mind? Yeah, I, I, you know, I guess I just wanted to chill on it. I wanted to control it. Is a, is a, is a better way to put it. You know, I wanted to just be that like, you know, 
ordinary person that could go out, go, you know, after work, maybe have a couple of beers, you know, or, you know, smoke, whatever, you know, things like that, man. And I, mine was different, man. I had to wake up with it. I had to like do it, you know, drugs and alcohol in, in, in during my shift to get through the shift at the end of the shift. If it was rainy, I, you know, I wanted to, you know, I was depressed. So I drink or, you know, do drugs. If it was, you know, a sunshiny day, I'd celebrate that with, you know, yeah. What, do you mind me asking? Like, what's the hardest shit you were doing? Uh, at the end of it, man, what I you know what I consider myself recovering from was heroin. Okay. And yeah. when was that in the timeline? Uh, last time I used heroin, man, was um, February twenty eighth, two thousand twelve. Okay. Yeah. So six years after where we are as far as our timeline goes, because um, you know, two thousand six, you're in Florida, you're working at Applebee's, uh, you grow within Applebee's. You, were, you already mentioned uh, this this mentor. Ira, um, what they taught you about just like controlling mental, like your emotions, right? Emotional right. intelligence. Uh, I mean, Applebee's, yeah, it's a big corporation, but at the same time, we can learn a lot from big corporations. So, yeah. what do you think? I mean, let's go to 30,000 feet after Applebee's. Tell me everything else you did. Sure. Um, so I got fired from Applebee's. Like I was okay. wanting to get fired. It was one of those situations and I couldn't get myself to quit because I just had such an attachment there with everybody. And I, but you know, a lot of them taking advantage of, you know, me always saying yes to shifts and in any way. So I ended up getting fired for getting way too drunk on shift and oh, really? like, yeah, I cussed out this lady. It, you know, it was kind of a bad situation, <laughs> but anyway, different, you know, that's another story. Um, so I left there and went into, um, my first independently owned like unit, I guess. And this yeah. really wasn't a restaurant. It was, it was, um, a place called Naples, Fort Myers, Greyhound track. So like they had multiple floors, multiple bars. It was this whole event center kind of thing. And uh, anyway, we're we're in my, ended up working my way up to, um, assistant food and beverage manager, you know, and that's where I really kind of got my chops in this industry of working so many different areas at once. And it was perfect for me because I love the chaos, Yeah, you know? So how did you grow as a professional during this time? And when, what was the timeframe? Uh, this was 2008, seven. Yeah. Something like that. Gotcha. And how long were you there? Uh, a little over a year. Okay, so uh, what were the biggest like evolutionary points for you working? Like the biggest lessons they taught you? Um, some of the managing systems. They didn't really have a lot of solid systems like we have now. Um, you know, I I can't really say that I learned a lot there, except for how to party really hard <laughs> and that there's money to be made in this industry if you want to make it. Yeah. But mine all went to the party. Okay, I think what I want to do because I know I feel like your story really starts to take off when you. When as low as possible, right? Um, so, paint just paint that picture of. I mean, I know you were incarcerated. You went, you're in back in jail. Um, just kind of take us to where you were emotionally, uh, what your life was like, and I want to paint that picture of like how bad it had gotten for you. Sure. So, whenever I left the um, the uh, Greyhound track. That's whenever the opiate addiction really took over, man. And um, that's when things started getting really bad for me. Um, I thought I could leave that situation and move away from it. Anyway, I, I found my way back up here um, in Indiana and found my, found my way back incarcerated again in Indiana. Um, went to prison for like three, two years, something like that. Um, for uh, I was playing chicken with a state trooper, man, drunk. <laughs> Not a good idea. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was in the official report too. Oh like, like apprehended <laughs> Mr. Canoffle playing chicken with me, you know? <laughs> um, so, uh, 
Yeah, um, doing incarcerated there, I was still using, like, even incarcerated, being incarcerated, man, um, got out, things got worse, dude, with the opiate addiction, started um, banging it, man, and, you know, some really terrible stuff, dude. And um, after I, and I got incarcerated again for dealing this time, like, yeah. that was the big one, man. Yeah. I was facing, like, 88 years, Jesus. dude. It was like, yeah, like, they were going to bury me, dude, because they were tired of dealing with me. And, um, anyway, so it wasn't the, it wasn't the fear of that, that like, it was, it was the fear of like, this is my life, man. You know, this in and out. Okay. I'll go back to the restaurant industry. They'll give me a job, but it, I'm still in and out, man. I'm still going to find these same people. And, and I was just sick and tired, man. Um, so I, I guess, you know, I seen it working for somebody else and I still use this same model today, man. It's so weird, yeah. but like I, I seen it working for somebody else, like recovery, and that's when I was like, you know what, if it'll work for that dude, because that dude's way worse than me. Yeah. You know, we always like, you know, compare ourselves to other people. Um, this has got to work for me. So I, I just kind of made my mind up, man. And, and through the help of, you know, I'm a spiritual person. So the help with God and, and, and everything in the, in the programs, man. Um, I, I was like, you know, I'm going to put more work into this than I've done anything in my life. I'm going to work harder at staying sober than I did at like getting yeah. Not sober. Yeah, I think this is a good spot to take our first break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back to kind of talk about the climb up. Have you heard of Ovation? So let me tell you about how I heard about Ovation. I was on a search to find answers about SMS best practices and organically like four or five of the experts in my network were like, you got to talk to Zach Oates from Ovation. He is the SMS king. So naturally, I got Zach Oates on the show to talk about SMS marketing in that time between first having him be mentioned or come onto my radar to the time we had him on the show. Tons of people were recommending Ovation. Even restaurantowner.com, one of my past sponsors in a company I have a lot of respect for, did a survey and Ovation was the number one guest feedback platform. So naturally, I'm here to learn more. Uh, so we had Ovation on the show. And if you're not familiar with Ovation, Ovation is an omni-channel two-question survey that gets happy guests to leave positive reviews and unhappy guests to chat with either you or a team member to resolve the issue in real time before they leave a bad review online or never come back to your restaurant. With this new channel of communication, you can easily see trends of what is driving positive and negative experiences in your restaurant. Not only does it improve your communication in your relationship with your guests, it also helps you drive revenue. You can drive revenue with third to first party ordering conversion. You can drive revenue with rainy day text message blasts, and you can even drive revenue when getting your guests to automatically download your loyalty app. To learn more, head over to ovationup.com slash unstoppable. And when you use that link, you will be able to claim $2,000 worth of free text messages to help you get started with more feedback, reviews, and revenue. Again, that is www.ovationup.com slash unstoppable. We're back. And... You kind of took us to where you were at the lowest of your low, um, and you saw other people doing it uh, as far as getting out of that situation. So uh, take us through that journey of, you know, where you, you kind of picked up that picture of where you were, but how did you start living intentionally? And maybe somebody else is listening to this is like, yeah, I'm a fuck up too. Right. Not, to, not to call you a fuck up. <laughs> yeah. You were a little bit of a fuck, was a fuck up. Guy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like um, if they're listening to this and like I, you know, if Brandon did it, I can do it. 
what are the key elements to getting out of that situation to turn your life around? Sure. And, and I'm, I'm so glad we're having this conversation, man, because I don't think we really like a lot of we, we don't really talk about this. I mean, uh, you know, in the in the industry, yeah. the, the, the problems, man, but it's so rampant. It's dude. everywhere. It's a plague, man. Yeah, and, man. And I think the other thing that is, is good about this is that um, you're kind of um, you grew up in a situation where you're almost destined for failure. Right. Yeah. You know? Because sure. that's the world you came up in. You didn't have that role model. I'm not to say your mom wasn't possibly a role model but you know you didn't have that that foundation you needed that support group you needed to be set on the right path and then there's like this it's, it's what's the word it's um perpetual you know we got to break the system right you know we got to break the the pattern and i feel like the only way we do that is by sharing knowledge and making an example of people and encouraging people to be the break of the pattern right and to, to be there for other people who are headed down that road into you know what i'm saying yeah for sure man yeah and so i mean and, and we're getting a little bit off track here but and i'm and it's perfect timing for this man like um a, a, a guy i grew up with that we partied with um just passed away Oof. two days ago was a cook in a restaurant you know what i mean like yeah. um and and it was you know his own it was intentional passing away and like these things are real man like like this dude if he could have gotten more help and like and, and help earlier maybe like things would have changed and he and he could have created this beautiful life and you know and instead like um you know everything you know changed in an yeah. instant for, so you yeah but go back to let's get back to the um yeah for sure and like i i want to again make an example of you because it sure. is possible to turn it around it is possible to get in a sure, track because you've done it and you're you're successful um so when was it? Why weren't you in jail for eighty-eight years? What happened there? Where you said you were facing eighty-eight years, yeah, but that dude. didn't happen. Yeah, like, um, so basically, I had a public defender, and like you know that whole deal, man. Um, if anybody's ever, they they kind of know if they've ever been incarcerated, they kind of know the deal, man. Um, but like I told him, he wa- he wanted me to like sign this crap, and I said no, man. Like like this isn't what it is. You're they, these people, they're they're ballooning it. I was I was starting to fight back on the system, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I was sick, you know, I was kind of sick of them too, man. They were sick of me, but I was sick of them. Were well, you saying you didn't play chicken with the police officer? This was a di- this was this <laughs> okay. was a whole nother. Yeah, this was another deal, man. But gotcha. yeah, that time I did. <laughs> Got it. It's funny now. It wasn't funny at the time. <laughs> You've gone. Um, so, but yeah, man. Um, so anyway, I ended up, it ended up getting them down. I plead out to like five years, do three, two years on house rest, this whole crap, man. Um, and, um, so I didn't end up doing 88 years, obviously, cause I'm right here. I'm here today. Yeah. Um, and they always like try to scare you in the beginning and, um, you know, and get your attention. They yeah. kind of did. It's serious. Yeah, yeah. It's serious. Um, but, um, so in there, in, in, in that, in the institution that time, like I started seeking help and like, they weren't just offering this stuff. So I had to really be intentional and go out of my way and like do these things, man. What were the things you were doing? Um, so I, in, 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 in the county jail here, they had a cool program, man, that was dedicated towards recovery. So I ended up, you know, like persuading them to let me in the program and they didn't want to, you know, but, um, so after, why wouldn't they want you to be in the program? I've got like four escape charges. Oh, from jail? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was the guy that whenever they let out, let out the block, man, they like they shackled me and like oh. did this whole thing, you know, and like I, they wouldn't even let me do He's any a runner. Yeah, any free movement, man. They were like they were afraid I was going to like yeah. fight or yeah. run or you know batter off as you know. Yeah. I was I was kind of a bad dude, man. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't a good it's, dude. It's crazy because I've known you now for almost a year. It feels like yeah, like, through just like the networking, communicating. 
not a bad dude. Total 180, man. <laughs> not a bad dude at all. So it's it's surprising for me to hear this, but yeah. keep keep going. Total so you got into this program. Sure, man. Um, that program led to, a, um, after I ended up getting my sentence, then they ship you off to Department of Corrections, you know, with big boy, you know, all that. Um, so in there, I was like, oh, man, you know, I'm struggling here in the county. How am I going to do this? And so I just, just that intentional, you know, that seeking, you know, um, um, opportunities reserved for those who are willing and able, you know, so I was just creating these opportunities, man. Yeah. Um, so there was this cool program in there and ended up meeting the right dude and got in the program, um, worked that program to the best of my ability. Um, still kind of relapsing in there, but you know, still wanting it, man. And wanting it, you know, bad yeah. because I didn't want to get out and like make this repeat the same mistakes. And yeah. I knew what that led to. Yeah. I was, I was there, man. Um, so just through working the program, man, uh, programs, um, re, re, you know, substance abuse programs, um, mental health programs, you know, like, like when I wrote down my goals, like that was, that was like, um, um, well, it was a goal planning. What, yeah. what are you going to do? What's your finances look, financials look like when you get out? So that's, that's where I wrote down my goal list. Man. So that was 2014. That's uh, you want to open a restaurant and yeah, like I said, my timelines years. may be off a little bit, but yeah, approximately. Yeah. So right. you're out. When, when are you absolutely, you know, you're out of jail. So I was released in like April, 1st of April, 2012. Okay. So two years before you write down that you want to open a restaurant in five years. Yeah. Yeah. So the biggest things you did were you went after, you, you went after the opportunity. Nobody's yeah. going to make, nobody's going to like, do it for you. You have to go after it. You have to create opportunity for yourself. For sure. It's one of the big lessons I'm, I'm picking up from you. Um, and then, there, and then if you are listening to this and thinking to yourself, yeah, that kind of sounds like me. I'm kind of a mess up. Uh, are you going after the opportunity? Like, are you trying to get out of it? Are you, are you taking the steps? Uh, I'm a, I know some of the, the programs out there don't like you to talk about them as part of being in the program. Yeah. Um, so we don't have to do that, but I'm a part of them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but what is it about these programs that you think are effective? Um, what, what is it about these programs that work that work for you? Yeah. And I, and I, and I'll tell you, man, I mean, it's not unlike, um, you know, kind of like your restaurant on Strapple network where you've got a bunch of peers, man, coming together for like a common purpose, you Mm -hmm. know, using that synergy off each other. And that's what, that's the way some of these programs are, you know, the one that I'm a part of. Um, it's a bunch of like-minded people, you know, in that situation. Well, at least for me, a screw up and trying to be better, trying to be better yeah. and using and, and talking about what tools we're using and talking about these, you know, these pains, you know, like right, right now, the restaurant industry, you know, it's been hurting. And, and that's where I've seen a lot of these groups really grow in, 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 you know, with the restaurant industry, because so many people are hurting and they're coming together and like joining and banding together and saying, all right, we don't have to be hurting alone, yeah. alone yeah. you know? Yeah. We can hurt with others. <laughs> yeah. And I think the, the big thing that from what I understand, uh, as far as why these programs work is because a lot of use with substance is around habits. It's habitual. Absolutely. So you got to replace those habits with new habits and you have to surround yourself with people who like aren't going to be triggers for you. So yeah. every in those, where do those people go to find their people who aren't the triggers together? Cause there's a, we're all over the place. So we got to come together. I think it's, it's finding those new habits and finding the new people that are huge. So if you're listening to this, who are you surrounding yourself with? Are you in these programs? If not, then who, who can you, how can you create your own program? Right. right. How can you get yourself out of that system or away from these people that are using those, those 
those drugs or whatever. What, what's going through your head as I'm saying this? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and they don't have to be, be big groups of people. Yeah. I mean, my, my first group of people in, in my local program was only two dudes, yeah. you know, and these were, these were old school dudes that like didn't, you know, they, they drank, I drank and, you know, like drinking was, was like the least of my worries at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, but I still became, you know, still into this day, very good friends of, you know, of mine, you know, these, these are the, my role models, you know, as far as in, in that side of things. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, and even if, even if not like, um, with the restaurant and supplement network, you know, why did I, why did I jump into this? Why am I, you know, why, why am I so active or try to be so active in this? I don't have a network of restaurant owners, operators around me because we're so rural and, yeah. and we, and our, and our time, you know, time constraints is what it is, man. Yeah. And I think, uh, you said it's so rural, right? In the middle of like rural yeah, yeah, so, country. Yeah. So country as uh, hell. Yeah. I, at least nothing two hours West. Cause I just drove from two hours West West and you're like the first like city in it. So when you are on an Island, like, and then the cool thing is today, like you can connect with anybody in the country and people are like you want are out there who want to connect and support and talk and, right. and, and thank you for the little plug of the network. But yeah, that, that's absolutely what we're trying to do is just to bring people together to, help each other out um back to 2012 when you started going through all these programs and you said you started writing things down uh, the, your plan your strategy to get out of this to break the to break the pattern what did right. that look like what were the things that you were writing down what was your plan so yeah it was it was goal list man um and then um one thing i did that i thought was like incredibly um you know lame was i like i wrote this i had to write this letter to like my inner child you know like yeah. i'm a guy dude like what's my inner child even got to do with this yeah. but it, but it was actually kind of therapeutic man um but the other thing like and i it, with writing stuff down what really stood out to me was the last time i relapsed and and <laughs> remember it's kind of a funny story but i, I don't disclose but anyway um I, I remember feeling like incredibly like depressed and like, oh man, I was, I was getting out in like a week, a month and a half, dude. And like, it's like, I can't even get it in here, dude. How am I going to get it out there? But anyway, what I did differently, cause I was, I was beginning to write, man. I wrote down how I felt. I wrote down like the bad crap that, that I was feeling and stuff like that, man. And that was the last time I used was yeah. just, I don't know what, what the, the, the deal was with me writing it down. What and, did you write down? Well, it was, it was, it was how I felt and how big of a fuck up, you know, I was, you know, becoming or how did gonna, you feel terrible, man? Yeah. Terrible. I mean, I, I had like three months of sobriety in there, you know, I mean, yeah. I'm incarcerated for years at this yeah. point, but I'm still relapsing, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, you know, just, just, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why that was different, man. It's, no, it's, I think there's the power of writing things down. I mean, sure. when you wrote that down you wrote down how you felt, but w- what is it about what you wrote that changed you? You know, I, I it, it had to have been like waking up the next morning. We 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 have we have a um, we often forget things. You know, we'll have these great ideas at night or, or have these feelings at night, but we won't write anything down, and then we forget that. So yeah. I think it was it was repeating that to myself, get putting myself back into that moment, maybe reliving it, reliving it exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. Just the so you wrote how the just your emotion of how down you felt, and writing that down was making it real. And you never wanted to be there again. So, sure. did you put this someplace? Was it a re- as a, was it a reminder? Did you did you yeah like tape it to the wall out by the door? Like like what did you do to never forget that? So yeah, I mean, still being incarcerated, I didn't really have like a lot of like you know space to like yeah. you, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but um, I, it was in the front of my notebook, and yeah. I still have this to this day. Okay. You know, it's it's in my garage in this one little like 
kind of a... So you can go back to it if you need right, to. Right, if I ever need to go back to it. It's cool to kind of explore those those yeah. things, but especially the 180 I've, I've taken a day, man, yeah. to kind of go back and like try to get in that mind frame. And like it's so foreign to me now. Yeah. So what was it like having this record, right? Trying to get right. Trying it because the, the <laughs> system is fucked up, man. Like it's it, when people do want to make it right, it's almost impossible for them because they can't get the support because... Oh, yeah. So how did you do it? How did you get the support? How did you kind of... how? You're an anomaly, you know? Like, what was it about you that is different about others who can't get out of it? It was, you know, it was those basic principles of, like, creating the opportunities. You know, no matter, you know, that's kind of a recurring theme now, or, you know, in this. But um, that and and the fact that I was, you know, I, I hate to use the term desperate, but like I wanted this thing so bad mm-hmm. because because my alternative wasn't this thing, the freedom from the, the freedom for the, the freedom from the addiction inner, yeah yeah devil or whatever the, yeah at at that the time there was no like you know what does my you know what does ten twenty years really look like as far as finance you know there was yeah. no clear picture on that I just wanted freedom from the addiction yeah. and, and and you know just to kind of have you know have some sort of a normalcy in my life mm-hmm. you know um, and so. You know, that, that, that's really got to be, I mean, I was willing to do whatever the hell it took, yeah. you know, and listen. And, and, and if somebody said jump, I jumped and sometimes twice, you okay. know. So what happened between this moment in 2014 when you wrote down, you want to open a restaurant in five years? So it was two, uh, 2000, yeah, 2012. I wrote that down okay. and then I opened the restaurant in 2017. So, I mean, it was like dead on five years. Oh, man. okay. Yeah. Got yeah. It. Okay. Yeah. So I think one thing to do is to make a goal to write it down and then, yeah, absolutely. And then it becomes real, right? It and does. Then it's the clock's ticking, right? And that, uh, how, how did you actually execute? How did you get to open your own restaurant? Take us to the early days of the restaurant. Oh man, that's, that, that, that's, that's worse than the part before. You know what I mean? Because here I'm sober. I'm trying to do everything right, yeah. man. In this, in this, you know, an island, you know, this, this community where there's not a whole lot of like resources and stuff like that, you know? Um, so I, my first gig was in the restaurant industry when I got out, like, like, you know, and I, I worked there for like three years and I hated that job, man. Like I, I'd, I'd shovel shit for peanuts before I do that job again, you know, but, I, but I couldn't change anything. Where because, were you working? Uh, it was at a local restaurant. Like I was like the only one in the back of the house, man. Okay. It was so much pressure, dude. And there's alcohol and all this stuff, man. Like yeah. all these temptations. Yeah. And like here I'm trying to stay sober, like by myself all alone in the back of this place. You know what I mean? I had yeah. nobody to relate to. And that's where I had to like go to my external my my groups and my you know my offload right yeah um you know and and with that group like i just said yes to everything like if they needed somebody to open the doors to you know carry the money back like they were the first people to actually trust me with anything because you know why would anybody else trust me so you're man? saying the the group is the restaurant that you're working for that no the group the group is my um, um support group okay. i guess is a good so way what, to put why it. was there money involved with that uh, they got to pay for this. They got to keep the lights on and, gotcha, you know, gotcha. pay for candy and coffee. You yeah. Know, you got know, it. Um, so they started trusting you to kind of be a leader within the group. Yeah. Uh, how did that influence you? Oh man, it was, it was incredible honor. Like the first, you know, the first time they started, you know, they gave me the keys to the place and everything else, man. But I remember I, I had to walk home to buy the bar every night, you know, after the meeting. And like, I always, I'd always have these thoughts like, man, wouldn't it be funny if I went in here and spent the treasury money, like buying everybody shots? <laughs> like I never did that, but I always like, you know, that, that, that like re- rebellious side yeah. always wanted to do that. Like I'll show you for trusting me, you know, that yeah. self-sabotaging thing that we kind of get into. Um, but 
anyway, to, to kind of move forward out of that, man, um, worked at that restaurant, um, for like three years, hated it. They kind of screwed me over, dude, like cut my hours for like no reason, man. While I was going to college, like try, I, I thought college was the answer and I was, it wasn't the restaurant industry. I was trying to get away from it, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it was construction, you know, like the next best thing to get into. Right. And, um, construction management. And, um, anyway, so I just paid off all my, my, my student loan debt and they, 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 they cut my hours significantly dude, cause they were trying to pivot how this restaurant was ran. Yeah. Um, it was, it was a, it was a, a country club, okay. I, I guess. Um, so they kind of screwed me over, went into, uh, const- um, heavy equipment operation, Worked there for a while, man, because because finding a job wasn't easy, man. Yeah. I couldn't just walk into. Well, at someplace. this point, we're three years into your five year goal. Right. Yeah, yeah. We're we're yeah we're getting close, man. Yeah. Um And I'd kind of done forgot about this too. You know, like I I didn't. You know, I was still talking about it. Like maybe I can make this happen, but like I got to make everything. I got to make sure I pay my bills first, right? Yeah. Um. Because at that time I'd bought a house, man. You know, which you know, very small, quaint house I still own today. You know. Yeah. Um. But um. Anyway, from them laying me off into the um, construct, uh, heavy equipment operation, um, a, a friend of mine got me in there, um, and then that kind of that didn't work out for me. It, kind of a family kind of deal where not mine, like blood was thicker than water. Jobs yeah. were running short, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. and I was the first one cut, and yeah. I was the first one gone. Didn't 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 matter how hard I worked at it, right? Yeah, um, and that's whenever. The opportunity presented itself, and it did not seem like an opportunity, man. At that time, um, it was it was an incredibly depressing time for me because here I'm doing all these things right, man. I'm staying sober. I'm going to church. I'm 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 tithing my money, doing everything that I'm told to do, and 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 disciplined on how how I had to do it, or I was supposed to do it, at least what I what I thought was. Um, and then the rug just gets swept up, uh, you know, from under me, man. What happened? Um, well, yeah, I lost my job from no fault of okay. my own just because there was no work around. Yeah. And I just got married and, uh, just my, found out my wife was pregnant, which was Jeez. intentional, you know? So I'm like, here, I'm this dad. I've got four felonies on my record. I, 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 I'd apply for like to be the trash man and like they turn me down. I mean, like the trash company wouldn't even hire me, you know? Well, this is 2014. This is like, this is 14 and 15. Yeah. yeah. It was like, this is like a year period here. Got it. Um, so what did you end up doing? Where, where did you end up working? I didn't. So you're unemployed? N- yes and no. Um, actually, that's when I first, um, decided and it was through a very very depressing night um there was a lot going on in my head and and i'm grateful to still be here today you know that was one of those nights um because i was just like man i'm just a screw up man like it doesn't matter matter. what i do yeah like like these these like i've opened up so many doors for myself but i just can't get the right door to open yeah and um that's when i decided man like stop trying to open up other people's doors create your own doors yeah and, um, that's whenever I, I made it to where, you know, and how I, I was going to stop chasing other people's dreams and I was going to build my own. Yes. And so what's that quote? Like you, you, you know, you can either try to make someone else's dreams come true or make your own dreams come true or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So how did you start living differently from this, this, this moment? So that's whenever I, so I, I, I created an idea like something that I knew that could generate some income and not have to, not have to work for anybody else. I had all these side hustles already, like mowing people's lawns or like just painting their living room or something, you know, anything I would say yes to that could bring in some extra money already. 
But that, um, you know, that's whenever I started um, developing mobile apps. I knew hardly anything about this industry, yeah. you know, and I just thought, you know, it's a incredibly cheap to get into. Like you, all you need is a computer yeah. and some time and the willingness to learn. And so that's, that's what I did, man. And I just completely immersed myself in this. So how did you get away from it? Like how long, how deep did you get into that? And why did you get away from it? Um, man, I was in there in it like for a little over a year. Um, and I, I, I kind of did some gray hat um, development where I'd take like pieces of other people's codes and like put it into mine because I really don't know how to code. And, yeah. you know, but, but you can read it and you can understand. Yeah. It. yeah. And then, then the, um, the graphic, you know, the graphic design and the develop, you know, the, the, I, I would, you know, use any kind of tools I could have available to me. And, and through that, like, you know, it, one of the best things I learned from it was marketing. It doesn't matter how crappy your product is. As long as mar- the marketing is good, you'll at least track people to it. You yeah. know, create that noise. Yeah. You'll at least, you know, bring people to it. What are the biggest lessons about marketing that you, you learned that you still apply during this time? Oh, there's so many, man. Um, you know, at that time I was doing like a, a push marketing now, now, now I do poll marketing. Um, what's the difference? What's the difference if like it's pushing as me is push marketing is like me just like going out, like putting billboards everywhere and like doing, you know, commercials, you know, paid, paid commercials and, you know, Facebook ads and all this stuff, like just trying to get the awareness out there. And that's yeah. okay. You know, at some point the poll is like the word of mouth, like creating a good brand, um, having other people do the marketing for you, um, organic reach on yeah. through social, you know, or giving like giving a little bit of something to get the door open and Absolutely. then giving a little bit more of something to develop the relationship even stronger. And then like your big ask or like, Hey, join our, you know, rewards pro- or whatever it right. is where you have them like long term, Right. Um, so just adding value in increments. Absolutely. Got it. Uh, so you learn about marketing. Uh, what else do you learn about marketing? Is there anything other tricks you can talk about? Oh yeah. There's so many, man, but you're putting me on the spot. Yeah, right no, I, I, I wasn't talking about talking about marketing. Um, well, let me just talking sure. about this moment in time when you're developing these apps, you're doing it for a solid year. Like how did you make a lot of money? I was, I felt like I was on the cusp of really breaking through. So what I would do is I would build these apps, um, and, and like game apps mainly. Um, and I would build a Facebook page around it. I would build a web page around it. I build this whole, like almost like thing company around it. Uh, and it was, you know, it was all virtual. Yeah. And then I would take it and I would sell it to somebody that was overseas that was looking into getting this industry passively, you know, that just wanted something, um, in the, in, in the stores. And that's what I would do. Um, for the most part, I had my own out there and I, and I, and I would put like adverts, advertisements on these, on these ads so I could generate a little bit of income. But honestly, like if, you know, what did I make in that time? Like I could have probably worked for McDonald's for 40 hours and made just as much than I did working 80 hours for myself, you know, but at least I was doing something for myself, man. Yeah. And, um, but did this lead to another opportunity? Cause how did you get off that track to get into restaurants again? So then the opportunity, yeah, yeah um, then the opportunity um, opened um, where the location we're in right now, the, um, the business that was here was moving and, you know, had their own, getting their own space. And I seen the opportunity and I thought, you know, now's the time. Um, so I presented this with um, what was my first partner. Um, it was actually my mom because I was like, you know, I, I wanted to create something for her mm-hmm. so she could have kind of um, this, you know, something opportunity. To, opportunity. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, in talking to her, you know, she wanted to do something different. And I, I basically told her, I'm like, look, I'm out, but I'll help you build it. 
you know, out of the rest. I, I don't want to be your partner. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want to partner with you. I don't want to run it day to day. I'm doing my own thing with the apps. This is getting ready to take off, you know, as I believed. Yeah. Um, and, and anyway, and I'm going to give you this, I'm going to do all the work for, for you to build it, you know, put everything in place, equipment, everything else. And then I'm going to hand it to you. And then this is yours to yeah. run. So where is she now? Uh, she's not my partner anymore. <laughs> I'm so still running. <laughs> is, it, is it weird to talk about that or can you talk about it? Yeah, absolutely. I can talk about it, man. Um, you know, cause there's, there's a lot of lessons there. If anybody's yeah. listening, you know, um, what are they? you know, so after like three days of like praying and like thinking like, like this, and I knew my mom, she was like this workaholic. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I knew that she was just going to like work herself to death for this. And it was probably not going to be well for her, you know, in a year or two, like it, like it just wasn't going to work. So I knew that she needed, you know, more help than that. So I, I, I told her, I said, all right, look, I'll stop what I'm doing with the apps and I'll jump on board, but we've got to do it this way. And this way was building the systems, you know, doing it, doing it how I feel is the right way, you know, like understanding what our cost of goods are, understanding what our recipe costs are. Where did you know about these things? How did you know about these things? Like Applebee's, Applebee's, yeah, the corporate world. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like Applebee's gets a lot of like hate sometimes, but at the same time, it's a good way to go into work for any corporation. It's a good way to see what systems, processes and and procedures should look like. And all small businesses should treat themselves like big businesses. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, did she not like that you wanted to put all those systems in place? And no, no, she was old school. She just wanted yeah. to sell food, man. Yeah. She just, she just wanted some income to serve on the floor and like yeah. everything to run itself. And it's yeah. like, and, and that would have been fine if we would have stayed where, you know, as far as the numbers, you know, and I, I don't know what those numbers look like in the beginning were like 30 K a month, you know, maybe a little, a little bit less 25 a K that'd been fine for that. Mm-hmm. Um, me wanting the opportunity and, and kind of being like really hungry for this, like, all right, this is working. And, and I didn't know this was going to work, but it was working really well. This restaurant, was this restaurant. Really, yeah. With the, when your mom was involved with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so before we get into like, sure. How you start getting more involved. Um, what made this a good location? Why did you know this oh, was a, a good opportunity? For it's your a mom? shitty location. Okay. <laughs> well, but I mean, it seems to be doing well. It, it is. Um, the things that I did differently was what I learned in the app um, world and, and especially the marketing world. I started looking into what branding was mm. and, and what that looks like and how, how consumers are driven by brands and how we're so familiar with brands, you know. Um, and so that's where it started with this, with Acorn Grill was with the brand first, with the logo design, the name, but all you of you didn't it. have the brand until after you had the space, right? No, I came, well, I knew the space was coming available for three months. So, so you, the, the space came first, then the brand came. I did. I wouldn't, didn't have the space secured yet. I just knew it was coming available. So I'm curious before we talk about the brand, sure. what was it about the space that, um, was a, a good move in your mind? Like, wh- why are you saying this is a good opportunity? It was cheap. Cheap? Yeah. Um, could you, can you share numbers? Uh, the, and actually, it was they, the, the original tenants were only spending 500 a month here. Okay. Um, and, I was, and I even raised it to like 100 because I knew we were going to be doing some other things. So I said, you know, all right, I'll give you 600 a month. Okay. And this was all verbal in the beginning. You know, like, okay, yeah, come in and do it, you know. So you rent $600 a month. It, yeah. Was the kitchen... Fully no, there was nothing in there. there was it, no, was, it was yeah. They even took that, no. The, the the last tenants that were here. They took the lights out. Okay. You know, there so wasn't they, even any. So light. it was gutted. So it wasn't turnkey. I was curious no, about no, that. Hell no. But it was just a. It was just low overhead, low yeah. low liabilities. Um, what else? But what about construction? Yeah, I did all that, man. Okay. Like the like the only thing that was really here was um, a couple walls were still here, and um, the actual outside. You know, like how much was, work do you would you say you put into the space as far as bringing it to where it was when your mom came on board? 
it, to get open, man, the equity. I mean, well, let's put it this way: the neighbors that that you know that would see me thought I was living over here, man. Okay, yeah, I was. I was time. here day and night, man. Yeah. I, I didn't stop. So, how long did it take you to get from okay, uh, I'm gonna pay you six hundred dollars a month, the space is mine, to where you could open it? Um, so that so I put the first screws in in like um, July, the middle of July, and then we officially opened 2017. 2017, and then we then we officially opened um, the end of November 2017. Okay, so five months. Okay, um, how much of your own money did you need to put into this? How were you getting the the equipment? Were you like take us through that? Sure. A, paint that picture of what Scrappy looks like. <laughs> so, uh, credit card. I had a few credit cards. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had a few credit cards that um, I overdrew, um, you know, um, bank account overdrawn. Like I almost lost the house, man, because I put everything I had, yeah. you know, anything that was coming in from the app, app world was coming into this. Um, the other partners put in a little bit. Um, we took out a small loan from um, a family member. You How know. many partners total? There was three in the beginning. Okay. So I brought my I brought my little brother on board, too, because yeah. he worked in the restaurant industry. And, I, you know, and I wanted him and he was only like part time kind of, you know, worked, you know, just a dishwasher was still, you know, relatively young. And I was like, all right, you're jumping in on this with yeah. us. You know, you yeah. don't have a choice. Well, what I love about the story up to this point, uh, and not to take you off the track of painting that picture for us, is that you are all about creating opportunity. Like, you, this wasn't meant for you. No. You're doing all this for other people. And I think it's important to remind people who are listening that this wasn't your vision for yourself. Not this was you trying to take care of other people, which I think is just so like impressive, you know, like how many people are willing to, 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 to put their house on the line to yeah. max out all their credit cards, to dedicate five months of their life where people think they've lived here. And it's not even for you. It's for opportunity for others. I think that's a really interesting thing to consider. Um, so okay, go back to painting that picture of the work you were doing. Um, and you kind of, yeah, like what had to happen to get it open. Sure. Um, so the, we, we went to the bank first to like yeah. get, get, a, get, a, get a small – dude, it's so crazy that a bank will loan you $80,000 for like a brand new pickup yeah. or, you know, or whatever. <laughs> but to loan you $30,000 to open a, you know, a restaurant or $50,000, they look at you crazy. I, I, you know, I, don't, I don't understand that at all, but, <laughs> but whatever. I think there's probably better odds of you using the truck to make money getting to work than actually being successful with a restaurant. Uh, I suppose, man. <laughs> I suppose, yeah. you know. Um, so the bank said no. So I, we had no choice. I had no choice. I had to just, we had to bootstrap this thing. Man. Yeah. Um, so, and what I did was, is I like through, through Facebook marketplace, through Craigslist, just went out and like sourced all of this restaurant, bought, bought, bought an entire restaurant for like $9,000, man. Yeah. It was, it was incredibly cheap. The guy just wanted out of it because yeah. he wasn't in it to be the run of the restaurant. Um, but anyway, um, uh, moved that whole thing. Like even took like everything that it was in his fr- freezers. I like, I, I'm taking that. Like yeah. we can't reuse it, but I'm still going to take it because we signed the agreement that I'm taking everything. But you're bringing up a good point that like people, I think they think they need hundreds of thousands of, if not nah. like a million dollars to open a restaurant or you just start where you can and be scrappy and constantly look and be someone's exit strategy. People get into this industry all the time. Equipment is constantly being passed around. You can get deals because people just want to be, they just want to rid themselves. Of right. It. You know, they just want to be, they want to put it behind them. You can get such great deals. Um, did you have an idea for what you wanted to serve first and then reverse engineer it? Or were you just trying to getting out there and trying to find whatever you could get your hands on and be like, oh, we have a range, we have an oven, we have a flat top now, and then kind of let that dictate your menu? Yeah, no. Um, I had a clear picture of what I wanted. Okay, I, very, very clear. So you knew what you wanted and you were, 
and you knew what you needed to get that. Right. And you were searching for those key elements. Yeah. And I suppose you could do it the opposite way if you yeah. wanted, but it might be a little bit t- tougher and you're kind of bending to other people's, you yeah. know, I think, I think you need that you, with, with creating opportunity, you need to have that clear picture of what it is you yeah. actually want. Man. So with three partners, your brother kind of got pulled into it. Your mom seems like she kind of got pulled into it. No, Did she, she no, wanted it. Th- this was her thing. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. was this her vision? Yeah, it was man. Okay. And, and, and like the food that we're doing like now it was her thing. You did know? she come to you or did you go to her? I came, I, I came, I told her about this opportunity. Yeah. That she was, wanted it. yeah. And cause, because we'd been discussing opportunities like this before. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't just like, you know, just me popping in and saying, Hey, here's this thing. You know, it, it was, it was an, it was an ongoing conversation with her and, and me telling her, you need to do your own thing. You need to do your own yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. And, um, so was she here with you the, the five months, like pulling up nails and, and, some man yeah. I, I don't want to discredit any of that yeah. you know some um she was still working you know like and, and plus like it wasn't for her to be here you know that wasn't it was it was for her to like run the restaurant yeah you know yeah. not so much the other part of it that that let us let 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 the sons do that which my little brother was was still working too you know so i was the only one that could like turn everything off exactly. and like come and just like con- you know obsess and consume myself with this thing that makes sense so um we talked a little bit about the importance of uh, your, your brand, um, starting small, scrappy, uh, low, no, small liability. So yeah. what are the other elements up to this point that are worth bringing to the conversation? And I want to I dissect branding a little bit more, but I want to see sure. if there's anything else that we should know about. Um, you know, it would have been so nice to have a million dollars, 500,000, but I, I would have failed. If I, if I would have had that kind of cash, Why? I would have failed because I would have overspent. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. You know, honestly, like I knew what I wanted. I had the vision. I knew, I knew how to run a restaurant, but I didn't know how to build one. Yeah. That that's a different thing, man. Building those systems out, managing those, how, what do those systems look like for people? where did you go to learn all this in the beginning of 2017? Books. Yeah. <laughs> what were the biggest books that reflecting back were the most impactful and helpful? Um, you know, it's kind of cliche a little bit. Um, one of them, and I kind of took this, I think I kind of went a little too far with it was be obsessed or be average like by Grant Cardone, yeah. you know, whether you love or hate. He, hate yeah. The 10 X. Yeah. yeah. He's very aggressive, man. He and, is. and, and I am too. So I think that's why I kind of graduated. Well, I think he's, he repeats a lot of like the whole, like, um, think or grow rich mentality sure. of like this, like write down what you want, read it every morning and don't do anything that isn't getting you closer to that. Right. Uh, and put it and it's literally it's 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 just about showing up. So if you show up 10 times more, you should get there 10 times faster. And and, and it does it's work. One, yeah, it's, it's it's what you put in, you get out. So just double down. Right. It's sure. kind of the mentality. Um, so what were the, so that was a big book on on just mindset. Sure. But what about on how to open a restaurant? None, man. There's, yeah. there's not a whole lot because, you know, there's a couple of them out there that I've tried to listen to or read, you know, I, I do audible, you yeah. know, at this point. Um, I love audible. Yeah, I know. Um, but none of them that were really restaurant specific, man. And that was kind of, I, I seen that, you know, and, and I guess because it's just boring to put it on paper. I mean, who wants to know about the accounting and like yeah. read about the accounting? Like that sucks, man. So That's how not- did you know what to do? So the first, the, the, one of the first things that we did resources was we reached out to a local, um, um, state funded, um, you know, kind of incubator style deal, um, called the Indiana small business development center, ISBDC. Okay. Um, we reached out to their office or I did, and, um, their director came in and like, like, like she even served like the first day. And like, I remember her, she was like taking, not taking bets, but she was like, you can't open on the 27th. You don't have your menus done. I'm like, (laughs) I'll get them done. So I was up here all night, like printing the menus the day 
before we opened, man. It was just, <laughs> was um, but yeah, she came in and served, man. But she, she gave me some, she gave me some, um, insights and tips and, you know, things like, all right, you want your flow to be a little bit more this way. Um, have you thought about, you know, how are you going to run, you know, team members, you know, how are you going to train? She was like, you know, get all these training programs. I'm like training programs. I just have to open. We're like going to, we're going to, we're going to be bankrupt by tomorrow. You know, yeah, we need the cash flow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need the cash flow, man. So the one thing we haven't talked about that I want to, before we move forward is branding. Um, what was the brand you were going for? Take us through that process of developing this brand. Sure. So because of, I, I, I look at it, you know, when it comes to anything like this marketing or, or branding or, as, as myself being the consumer first, I can't create anything. I, you know, if, if, if I'm not going to buy it, if I'm not going to love it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I have to be sold on it before I can even start yeah. building it out, whatever it so is. So what was that like? If this is meant for your mom, it's your mom's vision, right? How did you help? How did you develop? Was it what she, was it her idea, the brand? No. Um, I knew that she wanted to do like this whole comfort food thing. Um, so I, so with that and looking at our existing market here around us or what, you know, we have, um, you know, what works and what, what's, what's missing. And I, I seen some comfort food missing. A lot of it was pizza, you know, these, these, you know, fat or fast food. Yeah. Subs, pizza. Right. Right. Um, so I seen this thing missing. Um, nostalgia was a big thing back then. People were really reminiscing on, on, um, different, um, you know, things that, you know, trying to, trying to create, get, get America great again. That yeah. whole thing was going around. Yeah. Um, but so I, I was trying to capitalize on this, that. So I, I was thinking American. Yeah. I was, I wanted something very American, very apparent. And maybe some of my back, background with Applebee's, you know, too, maybe came into play a little bit of that. Um, so doing studies on companies and, and how they come up with their logo, with their brand name. You know, I, I knew I wanted to start with an A. I knew it had to be very American, some names that we knew. Um, and that's when the acorn grill came about because Indiana corn plus it's a, a and then acorns, a household name. Yeah. And um, I think just acorns in general are very like, those come from wait, acorns come uh, from oak trees. Oak trees, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it's a very American right feel. Like yeah, oak, oak yeah. trees are the uh, national tree. Uh, the oak tree is a national tree of, of of America, dude. Yeah, and there's a spiritual element with the acorn too, man. Yeah. If you really get in deep with it, man, uh, like you know, because it comes from this little bit of seed and it grows this giant tree, this whole thing. Yeah. Um. So I think yeah, I think most people can relate. Like they can they can see an acorn like they, they they're familiar with it. they've stepped in one they've blown into the head like the little cap right. and made the whistle with an acorn it's, it's something that it's a common ground almost like everybody can identify with an acorn that's interesting um what else about branding um you know your colors what, I, what colors do you guys go with the um it's it's a it's a hue of red um a shade of brown and a shade of green which i don't use the green the green's just kind of this really subtle color because yeah, it, then it starts looking like christmas a little yeah. bit if i use too much of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so brown and red uh what do those colors mean why those colors well, that came from looking into what worked with the restaurant industry, the, the, the red and the green, you know, the brown, yeah. the brown was kind of just this neutral tone that, you yeah. know, this, this secondary tone, um, that, you know, so and, you're looking at other brands. I mean, isn't I that Applebee's like brand, like those colors? It is a little bit, man, yeah. but I threw the orange in there too. I haven't, you know, I left yeah. that out, but I threw their oranges in there a little bit, but it is a little bit of the yeah. Applebee's, but there's also others. And I was looking at that like, man, am I getting too close to this? Because I don't want to be them. Yeah. You know, that's not the idea. But I mean, it kind of reminds me of the whole, what, what Lowe's did, right? right? I mean, Lowe's and Home Depot don't have the same brand. They don't look the same, but they did just copy Home Depot when it came down right. to location. Right. So look at other successful brands Absolutely. And, and pull elements of them. Like every artist is 
a thief? What's that? It kind that? of is, man. Yeah, but like, it take take elements of something right. and then tw- tweak it to make it your own. Yeah, you don't need to reinvent the wheel, man. Yeah, you know, you just need to, you just need to be like a little bit better than the other one. You yeah. know, uh, honestly, man, and separate yourself. I mean, you see this with like Burger King and McDonald's. You know, they've got this constant fight. You know, and yeah, and Burger King's what orange and something, and McDonald's has the red and red and yellow, maybe. Yeah. You know, so you're open at this point. Up to this point, reflecting back at sure. what it took to get open, what's the one thing or two things you wish you had known now then i don't know if it because i think about a known the, these things like i probably wouldn't even have done it you know so i'm glad i didn't know them yeah but that's that's how incredibly difficult it was actually going to be especially if you were going to be you know focused on growth what are some of the things you know now that you could have done different that would have been better then Oh man, like if, if, if I could like, you know, and, and you know, if I could just close, you know, like, like free myself from the day to day here for like two to four weeks, what would I do? And that's like building out training systems, man. And b- building out those, those clear systems on like what I want managers, what, what I expect managers to do to get down to, you know, to the, um, when did it take you to actually do that? Oh man, it was like two years to just get started on that man, or a year and a half. Yeah. You know? So if you if you would have done anything differently, you would have had these systems ready from day one. Right. But at the same time, I'm going to push back a little bit. You didn't you didn't have vision of what you needed then. No. So it's hard to create those systems if you don't know what the end product looks like. If you have a bunch of experience, if you've worked at other places, you have aiming points. But you, I mean, you had your Applebee's, but you can't necessarily recreate everything you learned at Applebee's. You don't yeah. have the same. Yeah. Wallet, and nor did we know? want to. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a lot of people get, they are afraid to start because of what you're saying, because they want to have all these things in place. Know, just get started, man. Yeah, just start. And then, but, but, you know, push, do that 12 hour shift, that 14 hour shift, if it means staying an extra two hours yeah. to work on. And you might not have any, you might be on fumes, dude. But like, if you block off that time, your life is going to start getting easier. Things I, like block the time to work on your business. I, w- I will say, dude, like, and even if I, re- even if I say this out loud, like, like there's going to be so many people like, there's no way that's impossible, you know? Cause I, I didn't, I, I wouldn't have thought that it was, it, I pushed what a human person can do in that time. And like, um, you know, when I say 120, 130 hours a week, that's legit, man. Not that was like, week, that every was every week, week dude. Yeah. How long? For like the first year and a half, two years, dude. Like it almost killed me, man. Yeah. Like, um, and, and you know, you wouldn't cause they're only 168 hours in a week. Right. Mm-hmm. I, you, how do you know this? You know, because you've put in a shit ton of hours yeah. trying to get, yeah. you know, squeeze everything out of it. You could man. Um, but you know, that's what it took, man. But you wouldn't think that what you can, it's so crazy how much the human, a human person can do, man. If they really have that drive, man, yeah. if they really have that want well, and that vision and yeah. that, you know, and, and when there's no other opportunity out there, yeah. you know, cause you've done, tried opening every other door. And so this is your only thing, man. Yeah. You're all in. Yeah. Um, so you, it sounded like at one point you were looking at this and you're like, wow, this is working. This is successful. This is going to work. Yeah. Um, you know, money started coming in, uh, paint the picture of how long it took you just to kind of recognize that there was something here. So like the first 30 days, man, um, I realized like, all right, this thing's bigger than us. Like, and it was, and and, and I think it really went down to the branding, like having a clear brand before, Mm -hmm. or at least, you know, developing that clear brand. What was the message of your brand? I mean, we, you, you, you get, you painted the picture. Sure. Of what the brand looks like, but what was the message? The, the message was man that we, 
what, and, and I think this was also a big part of, it, and it still is a big part of our, of our marketing. It's like, I give a shit, man. Yeah. I care about the food that we're serving. Like we're not doing the box stuff, man. Like, like in the beginning we were like baking our own buns, dude, and cutting those like all, you know, we, you know, make, making our own apps. We still do the making our own apps. I, I started buying buns cause it was like, this is stupid. Make your own what? Uh, apps. So like oh, our appetizers, appetizers. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I thought, um, oh, so are we talking about the other apps that you were working on yeah, before? No, no. <laughs> apps, yes. Um, <laughs> Or we call them, you know, but anyway, um, you know, our mozzarella sticks, we handbred those, man. Um, you know, our fried pickles, we handbred those, dude. It's this, it's this whole process that kind of, What know. about what the charge, like, the, the, how did you know how to make this profitable? How did you know what to charge to have those, the, the margins you needed? Sure. So because of my, you know, a little bit of travel and like being, being away from this country area where a lot of people really haven't been away too much, I knew that there was money out there and I knew that the, that that, the, that people would pay this, you yeah. know? But I've seen in these local like mom and pop diners around here, you know, and, and no offense to that, you know, but they're charging the least amount that they possibly can because of whatever reason. And it's like, look, I'm not getting into this not to make money. Yeah. Like I know what it's, I know what it looks like not to have this. So let's, let's do our best. You know, until recently, I would say until like five or six years ago, seven years ago, maybe even eight years ago, people figured out their, their prices by looking at what every other restaurant is doing and going, we'll do 25% or 20 cents less or like a quarter less because we want to, we want to perceive greater value. Right. Uh, that is the absolute wrong way to do things. What does it take you to get your return on investment? Sure. Reverse engineer it, do the, the, the menu engineering, and then whatever that number is that gets spit out at the end is your is what you charge, right? Sure. Is that what you guys did from day one? No, not even that, man. I I, lo- I looked at what the dishes that we were creating or you know the, the, what our menu, and I and I looked at like all right, what would I pay for it first yeah. off? How did I, what, what would I feel about this being a value? Yeah. Um, asked a couple of other people, like, what would you pay for this? Just have them wrote down, write down a number, you know, and compared those, you know, um, and then looked at like, all right, how much is the recipe? How much is this actually going to cost us? All right. Now, what does this margin look like? Um, you know, and some of the things were in like 15% range of like, you know, margin. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, run yeah. with it. Don't get this down to 30. I've got a, I've got a high margin item. Like keep it on there. Yeah. You know, it's going to set, you know, if it sells cool. Yeah. Uh, so your mom's not here now. No. Um, uh, what, at what point did your, your mom and your brother leave the partnership and was this partnership on paper or was it just word or like it was on paper, but there was no clear. And that's one of the main things I did wrong in the beginning, man. The, and, and I didn't know there was no, cause I thought family, it'll be cool. Yeah. You know, we'll all work it out. You know, yeah. um, you can't trust your family. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. And like, I had even kind of planned for this. Like, like what, what happens if this hits a million dollars a year? I'd started looking at like what that looks like for us, but not with the partners, not internally. I thought we'd all work this out together, you know? And we had a clear, like, like how percentage of partnership owned, you know, but as far as roles or duties, we didn't have that man. It was like yeah. everybody's hands on, everybody's doing everything. And was that good? No, nah, it was terrible. Yeah. So how long were you working in this scenario in this scenario where it was like undefined? Sure. Um, so, it's, well, my first, uh, when well, my mom, when she left it, it was like, we were like 10, 11 months into it. I think okay. it was. So 2008, 2018. 18. Yeah. Um, what happened there? I mean, I know this is family. I know you, sure. this is a public no, podcast. I, I don't want to lift up your skirt too high. You know, if, if anybody can learn anything from this, man, I think it's worth me kind of, you know, airing out my dirty laundry a little yeah. bit, you know, cause we all have these skeletons, man. I mean, let's just get real yeah. with each other. If we yeah. don't get, if we don't have these real conversations, 
then who's going to really learn, man? You, you understand know? it. Or even me. What, if, what, what can I learn from me? Yeah. You know? So bring us to it. Um, so without having these clear partnerships, somebody else kind of migrated in like this dude and, and this, you know, this ex uh, for my mom because now she's got this little bit of success. You know, mm-hmm. like it's looking good for her because we were growing fast. Yeah. And I was getting a lot of heat from my partners. Like They were like, we just want to cook. You know, I'm like, we got to grow. We're going we're gonna to get swallowed up here. If we don't, if we don't keep bringing people in and growing this brand and get to another level, they're going to swallow us up. The mar- somebody's going to come along and be better than us with yeah. more money and take us out because yeah. we're just an independent, you know? Yeah. Um, so with that, you know, growth mindset that I, that I had and all those hours I was putting in, I was able to do a, quite a bit in a short period of time. Um, so this, this place started really popping and, and working and another dude came in, boyfriend, ex, you know, whatever. And I wasn't feeling it. He was trying to elbow up to my tables that I built myself, like yeah. the original tables. I went in my garage and, and hand playing these tables, took pallets out. My original tables cost me like 12 bucks a piece to, to do, man. Yeah. Um, and it's like, there's no way, man. And he's trying to tell people like how, like, you know, people how to do their jobs here and like barking at people. And it's like, get the, get the fuck out, man. Yeah. So that's what I told my mom. I was like, you know, cause I threw him out and I told my mom, I was like, look, it's, it's him. Him or you, yeah. you know, you got to, you know, the company, you got to make up your mind. And, um, she, she chose him. Yeah. And I said, peace. She's still with him. Yeah. You well, barely, man. Oh, well, nah, yeah. it's not good, man. Well, I don't, sorry, I don't, man. I don't mean yeah. it's my mom, dude. I, yeah, lo- yeah. I love her. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those sucky things. Like you want to like kind of smile and like be like, all right. Yeah. I told you so, well, I mean, but it's still my mom. What's the lesson here though? What can we distill from this? I mean, it's like almost patience and persistence, man. Persistence, <laughs> yeah, and, dude. But it's ironic. Cause like you, it's weird. Cause like, what was it about the scenario? Like, cause you built this whole thing for your mom. Do you know, did you know, did you have a gut feeling that like, he would have just dro- drove it to the ground and, and it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. And you didn't want that to happen for your mom. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And that's yeah. why, that's why it's still here today. That's yeah. why I'm still going. I mean, there's, there's two reasons why I stayed going after that. Yeah. One is because like our team members, some of them, you know, they're still with us to this day, you yeah. know, from the very beginning, like put their hope and trust in me yeah. that I was going to create a job for them, you know, and I was going to create, you know, security for them. And for me just to bow out and say, all right, well, we're just going to shut it down. You know, like that's not, that's not acceptable. That's failure, man. Yeah. I've got to keep trying. So what about your brother? So after about six months, I think after she left, man, um, um, you know, business was kept going, you know, kept exploding, man. And, um, you know, end over end, you know, each, each month was, was higher than better than the next kind of thing. And, and we had grown really rapidly, really short between her leaving. And when, whenever he left, uh, the first of February of 2019 and, um, we had a bad night, man. Bad, bad Saturday night kind of deal. And, and you know, just shit didn't work out. We were too busy. We weren't prepared for it. And he just kind of looked at me and he's like, dude, I'm done. Yeah. I'm tired of, I'm tired of working. It never, it would never want, it was never his thing though. It was never his thing, man. Yeah. He didn't want it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, I think a lesson, like don't go into business. Don't have partners who don't want it because you've got to want it. I think, you know, your mom wanted it. You wanted it. Your mom and you didn't want the same thing. Yeah. Which sounds really you know, obvious. Um, but on paper, if you, um, if this was for your mom, like what did she, was there equity? Like, how did you guys, like, did you own the whole thing? Were you going to, at that, t- at that time I did. Okay. Yeah. After, yeah. after they left, like it was, it was, I, I told him, I said, you know, and 
whatever i don't you know because sometimes in, in, with being scrappy sometimes yeah. you gotta do what you gotta do yeah and and especially if you if you know that you're i i, I don't know how we know if we know we're right but i knew that i was right mm-hmm. you know i knew i was doing the right thing yeah and yeah. so basically i just i just took her off you know yeah. because, because i was president i could do that um the other partner agreed to it yeah. at that time my little brother was still partner um and we just said peace yeah and you know and, and we didn't pay we did still pay her and i so i don't want to sound like i'm you know a, a really big her. asshole <laughs> you know because i can be but yeah. um you know i still paid her 300 dollars a week yeah. every week like yeah. that check was wrote every single week because yeah. that's why we did this mm-hmm. i didn't care where she was at or what you know i cared what she was at but what you know what that situation looked like and how much bitterness and you know it was security for your mom she's still getting it was, it was man she's still getting it security. was and that story's starting to come back around in the better side now finally yeah. after all this time you know that's after two years or whatever so timeline 2018 now ish going into t- 2019 reflecting back on where you were then and I, one of the things i love about you talking with you uh, you're such an active part of the the restaurant stoppable network community is you're constantly tweaking constantly you're insatiable yeah. you know like I, it's it, always yeah. going to be better so take take us through the evolution of acorn grill so and, like in sure. the like Talk about like profitability then, profitability now, the key elements you, you, you made in this four-year evolution that have had the biggest impact. So yeah, insatiable is the right word, man. I think that comes goes back to like the drug addiction days. Like it's part of my addiction. It's my addictive behavior. Like yeah. it's all or nothing for me. Um, and, and, but I just, I, why I love this business is because it's, it's ever changing the challenge, man. I, I embrace these challenges, especially looking back where we where, where I started, man. And like the challenge and, and, and the, you know, what led to this, it's like so amazing. And now I'm like, I'm chasing these new challenges today. Like, see what, you know, what can, what can we overcome? Like, what can we find that, that needs to be improved upon? Um, but so where did it, you know, I, I met, you know, a little plug here for another, um, you know, Ryan Gromf and the restaurant boss, you know, I couldn't, you know, talked yeah. about him on the past guest in the show. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. Awesome dude, man. I mean, and I, 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 he's the one that taught me like menu engineering, like through his YouTube videos. I can't say he taught me like his yeah. YouTube videos taught yeah. me. Like I was starting to just consume his content because back to the book thing, there wasn't any book. So I was looking for other content, other resources for content. And that's how I, that's how I discovered the YouTube with, you know, the restaurant boss, you know, and, and what he was putting out there was like cost of goods stuff that I'd never really even looked at or thought about, you know, or terms I'd never even heard, you know, what the hell's a prime cost? I, I didn't know what that was, you know, yeah. a couple of years ago, man. Yeah. And it's now it's like my most important number I look at every day. Um, so he was one of the first, you know, like resources that I was using looking into these things. Um, and then I found the restaurant unstoppable podcast, um, always in my car listening. Anytime I was, I had earbuds in like working here, listening to that, all that content, man, just absorbing myself, obsessing over this, you know, it, immersing myself in this world of restaurants. When did you discover the podcast? Ah, man, it was, it was 2018. Yeah. And that, and, and why it was, cause things were starting to, I, I had uh, most of the stuff built out. I was still like always fixing stuff, man. And still was working. your mom still on scene when you were listening to the podcast? Yeah. So I'm curious, um, which made it even worse for that dynamic because she's wanting to just sell food and I'm wanting to build these systems better, you know? Well, I think that's not to toot my own horn, but I think that's the significance of a podcast, not just my podcast, right. but any podcast with this format of finding successful people and just saying, how did you do it? Where did you fuck up? What would you have done differently? And you're hearing, you know, what's right because you've heard it at, at least probably a hundred times before you, you, you and your mom yeah. split because you've heard so many other stories and you have reference points. 
And I think that's just, just understanding, just getting that perspective right. is so huge. Um, and you knew that, so, I mean, how do you, how did you think, not to put words into your mouth, but how was that influencing you at this time? So success leaves clues, you know, yeah. and so does failure. So if, if I can listen to somebody's story mm-hmm. or read a book, you yeah. know, and I can pick up things that they've done right and things that won't that accelerate my growth faster mm-hmm. or get me to where I'm trying to go faster. Even if I don't know, even, even if that's not a clear roadmap, yeah. you know? Um, so I, I guess, I mean, if, uh, does that answer your question? Is that what, yeah, of, for sure. Yeah. Um, so we talked about uh, Ryan Grompen, um, his videos. We'll be sure to give him some love in the show notes. Um, prime cost, uh, cost of goods sold, and just really getting it down to a science, down to like a, a like knowing where every yeah. penny is, uh, surrounding yourself with greatness, listening to other podcasts. What else? So maybe specifically what was happening in the business from the lessons you were picking up on um, and how did the the margins and like, what were the things you were changing about your business that were impacting the business? Well, I think first off, you know, I was focused on on building a better team, yeah. bringing in the right people because I had all this churn, man, in the beginning. Like there was so much chaos, you know, and and so many things just, you know, things wouldn't get done, and I and I'd be just so frustrated because like why didn't they get done? Well, they didn't know they were supposed to get done. Like they yeah. didn't have this clear direction or path on what their job role was. I would just say, come on board, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, this is the job. Yeah, you're this hired. is the job. You're yeah. just gonna work here. Like yeah. I don't know what you're gonna do here, but you're just gonna work here. <laughs> so now, what does it look like? Somebody gets like, what's the the, the act from putting on a resume to being onboarded to like, what's that look like? How's that evolved? So, um, it hasn't evolved where I want it to be yet, but it's a lot better and a lot closer. Um, so you only, you only apply for FOH or BOH positions. And then when I get you in here for the, you know, and we do this all through texting now and everything mm-hmm. else. Um, I guess really cool system. Um, what's the, is there a name of a system yeah. you're using? Uh, hire me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually it was recommended from seven shows. So I think it's a show sponsor, man. And yeah. they kind of brought me into hire me, man. Yeah. I, I love this thing, dude. Um, but anyway, um, so when I bring bring, bring the team member in or potential team member you know, through the interview process, um, I ask them like, what role do you, would you like, yeah. where do you, where do you, where do you see yourself as a fit here? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of just go from there, man. Um, and as far as a host, there's a clear role for a host now. I, I you know, they know what is expected of us, Yeah, you know? And same thing with a line cook. They know what, what, what they're expected to do. So how do they know what they're expected to do? Um, so first, it's, it's in, the, in the job description. Um, then second, it's communicated with them on their, in their interview and onboarding, you yeah. know, through the walkthrough and everything else. Yeah. And, you know, I always kind of throw in there, like, there's a lot more that needs to be done here. So, you know, feel free to be, you know, to go out of your way. Because I'm, you know, there's, there's opportunity that you could create here for yourself. Yeah. So before hire me, did you get it someplace that was kind of in the medium from having nothing to having something, but wasn't quite hiring me yet? No, it was, it was just kind of, you know, applications at the, and then doing Facebook job posts. What about the tools and services within the business to help and support your team? What about checklists? What about, yeah. uh, So Ryan's the first person, the checklist, um, you know, he, you know, and, 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 um, so started developing this checklist out. That was really like, that was a game changer, man. Mm -hmm. The, something as simple as checklist. Where, when did you implement that? 
Uh, man, it had to have been around 2019 or, you know, end of 2018. Okay. Um, and what were the, the most important, like how many checklists were there and how did you know what checklist to create? So in the beginning, I, I think back of the house was my main checklist that I focused on. Cause that was where I was having the most trouble. I was spending the most time cause I had yeah. to prioritize where am I spending, you know, cause checklist as easy as they sound to create can get kind of difficult and daunting, especially if you're a perfectionist and a control freak, yeah. how much do you put on there? You know, it, you know, how much do you, you know, take off, you know, what, how, how much do you assume a, a team member knows or, yeah. you know, not, I guess. Okay. Um, so, uh, so you're kind of just filling in the blanks as you go. Like right. you, you have a rendition. If things are getting missed, that's your cue to fix it. Right. Right. Uh, and just constant little tweaks from there. On. Yeah. And at that time it was, it was awesome. Sorry for interrupting, man. It was awesome because we had so much churn that yeah. even if I got something wrong with this, this team member, like in a month, it was going to be a new one doing it. So yeah. it didn't really matter that much. Yeah. So you could like <laughs> run it through, get a new, Oh, well that didn't work. Let's see how we can change it for right. the next time around. Um, one thing you've talked to me about, you've been very open and public about this, uh, with, with some of the cha- your personal challenges is you aren't, you say you struggle social, well, not social intelligence, but like emotional intelligence, or maybe not struggle, but you, you're a socially intelligent person, but you get angry and you can kind of be off-putting sometimes. Oh, yeah, I'm an asshole. Yeah. yeah. So how have you worked on that over time? Well, first, I'm supposed to stop saying I'm an asshole because words have power, you know? Yeah, and, and you're going and, and, to believe it. Right, yeah. yeah. And I've got, this, I've got this whole like personal coach thing. Um, I don't think you're an asshole for the right. I'm, I'm not. I'm really not, man. <laughs> I'm really like, but I'm so obsessed with what I'm doing yeah. and I see the bigger picture and I see the value in this, yeah. like not just for myself. I mean, because, and that's kind of part of like why I think I'm an asshole because I always put myself second, mm-hmm. you know, even when doing this, I put myself second. And, um, and so that's how I'm kind of overcoming that is like, all right, me first, mm-hmm. not to be self-absorbed, not to be like, you know, arrogant or anything, but I have to be good. If you I'm not to. good, then I'm going to be an asshole yeah. and nobody else is going to be good. Yeah. And that's where like, I seen the value and, and how important it was to build better systems because, you know, and I'm, I'm stealing this from again, you know, the restaurant boss, you know, and I know I'm, you know, shouting out to him like huge right no, now please. because, because that, that's where like things started really pivoting for me, man. Um, but, but one of the things that he, you know, I, he taught me and I, I heard, you know, from him was don't manage the people, manage the systems, let yes. the systems manage the people. Yes. Because when you start trying to manage people, you're going to get, you know, people are people. We're human. We make yeah. mistakes, man. You don't want people dependent operations. You want system dependent operations. Absolutely. And then you plug good people into those systems. Right. Um, absolutely. And when you were creating these systems, you were, you're removing that responsibility. You're taking that off of your shoulders, right. which is going to be better for your mental health. It's going to be less for you to focus on. And it seems like a lot of work. It seems like a rigidity. It seems like a horrible place to live. But once you can create those systems and develop habits, and that's really what you're doing with these checklists is you're just creating habits in people before long. I mean, they still have to verify the checklist, but they know exactly what to do. And it doesn't take long to get to that point where they're just like, I know exactly what to do. I'm going to do it. And then I'm just going to verify. Right. And then you check in you it's accountability more than anything because then you gotta initial your name next to all the items that you're responsible for. And then there's somebody else that's going to say, I'm going to go through to make sure that the things that you said you did are actually done, right. but you're not like, it's, I think when people think of checklists, they think it's so rigid and like, Oh, like I can't make a decision without going to an action item first. It's just to maintain standard into give direction for especially new people. What's going through your mind as I'm saying this? Yeah, you know, and 
That's, you know, they are, they are kind of structured, you know, and it seems really mundane. And that's, that's where I was like really against them, mm-hmm. you know, because it was like, I'm taking away from people's this element is, of being yeah. people. What makes us us is the charm. The fact that we are a small town. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, but it gave them the, the clarity, I think, and, and, and the confidence. ability and confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, so that we didn't forget because whenever, you know, shit's hitting the fan here and we're in the middle of a rush and it's dead sprinting. If we forgot to do our checklist, we're going to know it and it's going to make that so much worse, man. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and it curbed a lot of the chaos and it curbed a lot of me, t- me going through and asking, why didn't this get done? Why didn't this get done? And now I'm stressed out even farther, yeah. you know? Yeah. Are you still growing from back in 2018 as far as your numbers go? Yeah. And how, at, what, at what clip? Um, it's year over year, man, since we first started. It's been, it's been like averaging a little over 20, 25%, yeah. like even during COVID. So what's on the horizon for you? Um, or is there anything else we haven't discussed up to this point as far as transformative decisions, moves you made, things you've implemented that have just been game changers? Yeah, I, you know, quite quite a few. I mean, our point of sale system is like crucial for me. Like, you know, I think I, if I had to take two two things with me, um, if I had to get rid of all the other systems, everything else, I would even get rid of the checklist before I got rid of these. My point of sale system, man, and who's Toast? I think he's been a supporter of you know, yeah. Um, and that's actually kind of where I found Toast was through you know the network, um, and then my label printing system because my handwriting Daymark, sucks. Right? Yeah, I use yeah. the Daymark system, yeah. man. But um, so you know those, I but I I think it's just clear systems, man. Yeah, I know you were you were dabbling with Jolt. Yeah, uh, you not not for me, man. Yeah, but my system sucked before I did with Jolt, and I was trying to hope Jolt would fix my system. So I kind of you know. Yeah. Um, what was it about Jolt that didn't work for you? The fact that it was so there's some things that we I think at least for us for me there's some things that can live on tablets and we can have the tablets to do these things yeah um, checklist I don't think are one of those at least not yet I mean and if I even if even if team members have their own devices and they're using their own devices I think there's just too many rooms for distractions and things like that or too many rooms for like is is somebody watching you do this checklist or are you actually on your phone, you know, doing something like, how do I know? Even if it comes to me, it dings to me and I check that you did it. It's just, it's that physical piece of paper with the clipboard walking around the store, walking around the, the restaurant doing it. I think there's some, there's, there's some power there, man. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, anything we have not discussed up to this point that you're just like, I, we, I really wanted to talk about this. Um, well, so the, some of, some of what we, what we do, so if corporate restaurants, the things that they do well, we suck at mm-hmm. or we're getting better at because you mentioned like it's so important for independents or small businesses to model yourself as best you can after these corporates. Um, you know, so we're getting better at that. But the things that like the corporates suck at and that's like having a soul, mm-hmm. you know, and being real, we're, we're fantastic at. I mean, I'm really big on this team building stuff. I mean, you know, everybody's a team here. If somebody's in the weeds, like somebody better help them out, man. Like I will stop my truck and do what, you know, answer a phone call, whatever I have to do to, to ease that person's load, yeah. you know. Um, you know, that's, that's really, you know, important. Um, and about two years ago, whenever I was really starting to look into like, all right, I need better people. I need to find better people. So I started like creating, um, working on this, like attracting 
instead of you get back to that push pull marketing, yeah. I wanted to attract people to me. And in order to attract people to me, I had to pl- be a pleasing personality or whatever. I had to be a, a, a nice dude. Yeah. I couldn't be known as this, you know, asshole. Yeah. And, um, so I started, you know, reading, you know, doing exactly what I was doing before reading books on this, like building better habits around this and like being really um, cognitive around this, you know, thoughtful around, around my attitude. Um, so I gave this offer and, and it still really stands to this day. I just don't announce it as much. Um, if anybody can outwork me or at least come close to it, you can have the keys to the business. Yeah. Like you deserve to be a partner here. Yeah. And that's what, you know, I mentioned Jose, you know, in the beginning of this, like that was Jose dude. Like, um, when did Jose, I'm happy you brought, I wanted yeah. to bring him back into it. When did he come on board? Um, it, so it was January 1st, 2019. Um, we had this huge crash. My last part, my, my, my other partner just left and I'm like sitting there contemplating, should I even keep this place open? we were hitting stellar numbers man um and it was just overwhelming man and and you know he said let's keep grinding because i looked at him i was like what do we do man like you 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 put your hope in me you left this other job for this um you know what do you do what do we do and he's like you know let's go and i said if you're willing to go i'm willing to go man i've been through way worse than this so far you know so whatever and um you know so i worked side by side with this dude man like day and night man and in um how did he compliment you what what assets did you bring to the table that you were missing so we're like we're like um you know the ungay married dudes you know what i mean kind of you know <laughs> um, life partner we're like yeah, yeah a little bit man but that is what your business partner is and i don't and that's, that's something that comes up a lot on the show is like it, you are going a marriage is a legal document binding you legally right. to this person and you together are trying to have a better life how is that not different from going into business? It's absolutely not, man. Yeah. Like it is a marriage and right. ideally a life long marriage. If you do everything right, unless you're just trying to build something to sell it, you know, but ultimately you need a partnership. So how does, where's this, the symbiot symbionts? What's the word I'm looking for? Symbiotic. Is there a short word of sayings? Where does, how do you guys compliment each other? Sure. Um, so Jose's, he's a hard worker like I am. Yeah. So we've got that. Um, he's not quite as focused on systems. He, he believes in them, you know, and, and I'm selling them to him. I'm like, all right, we need to get this system in place, you know. Um, but he's not so obsessed with the perfectionism. And that's where we, that's where we compliment each other. We're both hard workers, but he is like, all right, you know, it's still human. Like being wrong is okay. We can move away from that. And I'm like, let's get it right the first time. And let's, let's spend all this time, you know, making sure that we're ready to go on that, you know. Um, but with him, man, I mean, like working with him, like working here for, it's been two years, a little over two years now. Um, you know, I, I knew, and I knew about six months after Jose was here, if I didn't make him my partner, he was going to be my competition or at least leave and open up yeah. his own store. Before we get into sure. um, what that partnership looks like, I, I meant to ask and I didn't. Um, you said that you changed because you were uh, reading these books about how to attract onto yourself people right. by being different and by putting out better energy. What books specifically sure. can we reference or you know how what book served you um probably my, my my bible with this man is and it's it's very cliche man um is how to win friends and influence people yeah, by, gonna, yeah it's uh, very you know it's cliche i know but it works there's a reason why it echoes it, right you know it's it's powerful stuff and it's just very simple how you treat people is right for sure what you get back absolutely man yeah, yeah. um and a lot of jim Rohn stuff man jim Rohn, I, you know great storyteller man I, and i know you know these are all like really cliche like entrepreneurial things but like you said they do work man um, so why not drop them? You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, thanks for getting into that. Uh, okay. So 
you said that if you, if you didn't offer partnership to Jose, he was going to become your competitor. Sure. Um, how how do you uh, how do you approach writing down and getting things like how were you doing this partnership differently than your previous partnership? Because this isn't family anymore. This is right. This yeah. is this is real. Yeah. Yeah. And like, why didn't the family come back and sue me? Like, there was always that. Like, <laughs> you know. And uh, you know, and I just like you know, it's whatever. You can come back. You can take it all because I started with nothing. I'll redo it, man. Yeah. I'm good with that. If yeah. you guys want this, come get it. Yeah. You know, good you're gonna, you're gonna fight me for it. <laughs> believe me. But um, you know, which like I said, things you know, I started kind of saying things are getting better now. Good. But um, um, how are things? You know, our, our roles are more clearly defined. You know, it, it, and, and what does this look like if this happens? What does this look like, you know, if that happens? And, but I think it's just really like our roles are defined on what, on what we're doing here. And our roles are defined on like, our, our, our goals are defined on yeah. where our roles go. What are, what are your roles versus his roles? So his role, his roles at the moment until we evolve past this, you know, and it'll always be this, I think is operations yeah. is more of the day to day. Like, like watch this baby while, while, while I go work on this, you know, and I hate to make it sound like a, you know, a husband and wife where we got this yeah. child, but it kind of is, but man. he's, he's focused on maintaining right. operations. You're focused on, to creating new opportunities. Right. What are the new opportunities you're focused on? So capturing more of this, more of our market. I mean, uh, you know, marketing, we, branding, marketing, branding systems, you know, um, you know, we've got, we just built out this plan, a purchase agreement, which just signed for our entire property. Like I, like I'm putting together the pieces to build something really epic here in our small community, you know, and yeah. it's going to cost a buttload of money and it's going to take a buttload of time, man. But I think it's well worth it. And like, yeah. that's where my, that's where my focus has to be. On so, executing the scale. On executing the scale because, you know, how are we going to get more if we just keep, yeah. you know. Uh, what about, I know you're really big into looking for and implementing technology. I know oh, yeah. um, Ovation, a recent guest in the show, sure. uh, has been something that you've been really excited about. Uh, how is that helping you with creating a brand awareness and, and scaling the brand? So o- Ovation, not so much on the brand awareness. Well, I guess it does um, secondhand. Firsthand, it gives me the feedback on what we're actually doing. People are more apt to, they've been using this like crazy, man. It's almost drove me. What is me. it? Let's zoom to 30,000 okay. feet. And like, what sure. is Ovation? So uh, Ovation is a tool that um, allows restaurants to receive feedback um, from their guest through, you know, that you can scan a QR code that sends you a text message, depending on how your POS is linked up. It'll send like ours will send them an automatic text message 30 minutes after they eat here and, and ask them first if they want to sign up to be a, you know, if we can text mess mark, mark, market them, which is, you know, a whole nother area of this, but that they can give us feedback, real feedback of how their order was without me going out there and asking, well, how was your food? Being a small town, I know half the people that were there in here. Yeah. Are they going to give me real feedback? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes not, man. Yeah. You know? So it enables that because I want to hear this feedback. I want to know how we can improve. And then if they give us positive feedback or I have a chance to win them back, but it links to uh, like, like a Google My Business for reviews and the number of reviews we've gotten just solely from here in the last, well, we've only had it open for three days. So over the weekend, it was like we got like 10 new reviews just from them alone. Wow. That's huge. Um, and then it gives you the opportunity to catch people before right. they leave to write the end of the story, right. to make things right if things weren't good. Do you yeah. get notified before they leave? Yeah, like not, not necessarily before they leave the store. But um, like yeah. immediately after the – Immediately afterwards, yeah. Yes. And, and I can give them like – I can link up, um, you know, promos, like 20% off your next order. You know, what's really cool though I think with it is the template system. Like we have these opportunities, we've had these opportunities to kind of like get the feedback through text messaging, but I didn't have the, um, the templates built out. So I'm kind of in the shit and, um, 
you know, in the weeds and, and my adrenaline's flowing and I'm trying to respond to, you know, Karen, who's not happy about her food yeah. for whatever reason, whether it was our fault, her, it doesn't matter. So like, um, when, when giving this feedback, sometimes it wouldn't be the best way to put it. I'd get kind of, you know, aggressive with it. And so then I wouldn't do, I wouldn't give, you know, I wouldn't respond to their feedback. So where the templates are built out, it allows me to auto populate this. Yeah. To, to silence that inner demon, <laughs> that inner voice right. that makes you want to tear people's throats out. Uh, but the other thing you're getting too, and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it's, it's text message ma- marketing. It's SMS yeah. marketing, uh, where you can blast, you're collecting data for sure. Emails and phone numbers, correct? Yep. So now you have this list of emails and phone numbers. Uh, but like, that having that phone number is very powerful uh, for, for just keeping the line of communication. How are you guys planning on using these, these phone numbers you're collecting to communicate with your guests? Sure. It, it, you know, our marketing, um, it, I really don't market unless I think I can provide value to somebody, especially yeah. with text messaging. Cause that's incredibly personal whenever I get a message on my yeah. phone. So I guess, um, that's kind of what I'm, um, you know, my idea with using that for is for, and then the, to kind of bring in these, um, guests for those, um, midpoints. Cause our, our, our six o'clock is busy enough. Our noon's busy enough. What about the uh, two o'clock, the three o'clock? What can I do to bring people in, in those, on those periods? So you incentives, know? right? Yeah. Beautiful. Um, anything about ovation that is excited or exciting you that we haven't discussed? No, I'm just, I'm just ready to, you know, put some time, more time into that because we haven't even fully onboarded that yet. You know? So what's the future look like? You said you're looking at other locations, you're looking to create, create opportunities, bring in partners. Um, you know, paint that picture of the future for you. So the future, I mean, I was really wanting to like scale like multiple locations and like, and I still do like totally man, but it's not going to be with this at least not right now. I mean, this is really hard to scale, man, especially in, in today's market, you know, and what's happened and everything, man. So after talking, you know, with the restaurant coach and some consultants and it was like, you know, have you squeezed everything out of what you're doing? And the answer was no, man. What do you mean squeeze everything out? So captured as much market and as much opportunity as we, as we can in this, in this right here, in this right yeah. here. And the answer was hell no, man. We haven't even begun to scratch the surface, man. Yeah. So you're saying getting complete market domination before thinking about scaling. Yeah. I mean, maybe not, you know, not the domination, but yeah, but yeah I mean, the, own yeah. this market before you try to divide Sure. Your, your attention to focus on other things. Um, yeah. and you don't, and I guess what I'm hearing too, is you don't want to, I remember first talking to you when, when uh, I think it was when you joined the network or, or we talked maybe months ago, maybe it was even closer to like a year ago. you you said something along the lines of you wanted to have like hundreds of acorn grills. Yeah. But now you're, you're starting to think maybe this isn't the brand for that. Because, I think it can be done. Yeah. Um, it's going to take a lot of the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to take some time, man. Yeah. So you're focused instead of, focusing on scale, you're focusing on making this thing as amazing as it can be. So it doesn't need you to scale because it's so amazing. This one. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's another reason what kept me in this was the challenges, man, with yeah. um, getting better on, on managing people, yeah. I think, or leading people. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, one of the cool things about you and your story is that you, you had to create your own opportunity. So you're good at creating opportunity and you never really had anybody create opportunity for you. No. And I think what, what's cool about what you bring to the world is somebody who understands the significance of having opportunity. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a unique selling proposition, you know, in the sense that like you can make it all about opportunity for others. Um, and I think if you tie that into the brand somehow and because you are that, you know, like it, it, you are somebody who should not be here. 
right? If you're looking at tradition, right? But you made opportunity and your proof of hard work and dedication and persistence in having a vision and focusing on the vision and not letting anything pull you off that vision, even family, which is hard to do. That's really hard to do. And um, this is why, you know, your, your work ethic, your tenacity, your in a small town, Sullivan, Indiana, leveraging technology to be leaps and bounds ahead of the people in your market. Yeah. You know, creating opportunity, giving up equity to your, 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 your future partners. Um, all the shit, man. Um, it's been a lot of fun making an example of you today. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Thank you. Um, inspire, empower, transform the industry is the mission statement. How have you transformed? Man, that's a tough question, man. That's a really, really deep yeah. question, dude. Um, I think it's, you know, it, the trans, transforming, um, and it's kind of like goes back to what you said, man. I, I really enjoy creating the opportunities for others, man. You know, the ones that are out there looking, kind of the misfits, the ones that didn't really get the, you know, those doors open for them, but still have that drive to, you know, that's, that's how I've transformed is to, you know, and that's been my why, man, more than anything over the last like year or two is like, that's what's kept me going is like, is like these people that have put hope into me. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that's where it's at. I mean, I've had several team members. I, it's hard for me to keep people now because they keep going off and starting their own things, man. Yeah. You know, but that's good. I mean, that, that should be the goal. I think, and I think if once you kind of shift something in your head where you're like, my goal is to push people out because I've, I've given them all the tools knowledge and I've empowered them to leave me and do their own thing. When you start thinking about that and you're trying to give people the, the, the resources they need to say, screw you, I don't need you anymore. Right. Then it's amazing how they don't go anywhere. Right. You know, they start, you know, they start sticking around. Right. Um, but what, don't leave me yet. Like, let, like, <laughs> yeah. let, like, like, let me get to where I'm going and then you can go off and do your own thing. Right? You know? uh, <laughs> I've loved this conversation. Um, we're going to take one more quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be back for a true speed round who wants to be more efficient and cleaner everyone so streamline your clean faster than ever before with ecolab sink and surface cleaner sanitizer ecolab's two-in-one sink and surface cleaner sanitizer is one product that can both clean and sanitize food contact surfaces in front of house back of house and the third sink like other epa registered food contact service sanitizers it helps protect against foodborne illness and also kills SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19 in 15 seconds, and norovirus, the flu, and common cold viruses in 30 seconds, helping you reduce risk, simplify your procedures, and help protect your team, your guest, and your reputation with Ecolab Sink and Surface Cleaner Sanitizer. Visit ecolab.com slash unstoppable or talk to your Ecolab representative. A lot of people are talking about Restaurant 365, and that's probably because they are the only cloud-based, all-in-one restaurant management software with restaurant-specific accounting, inventory, scheduling, and payroll plus HR. Restaurant 365 is perfect for the multi-location restaurant business. Their customers have seen 5% decrease in food and beverage costs because they have access to more actionable data. Restaurant 365 is the king of integrations with over 90 integrations with the POS, including hundreds of vendors and thousands of banks. So you have a truly connected system. No more 
managing out of multiple systems. Lastly, Restaurant 365 empowers your management team with real-time P&L with access to check-level detail, which means no more waiting on your accounting teams for P&Ls weeks later. And it gets even better because with Restaurant 365, you can save time and money. You save time with things like automated invoice management and accounts payable and a slew of other systems for administrative tasks. You save money with powerful labor forecasting so you can see labor trends and make adjustments. And Restaurant 365 allows you to track actual versus theoretical costs to ensure you're not losing any margins due to waste or error. Interested in franchising? Restaurant 365 has tools for that too. Head over to restaurant365.com slash unstoppable. And because you are restaurant unstoppable listeners, you will save 50% off your first month subscription. Again, that's restaurant365.com slash unstoppable. We're back. And the first question I have for you is what is your it factor? A habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? A work ethic, man. What is your biggest weakness? My personality, dude. <laughs> I think it's a good personality. It, it is. It is. It's got, it's got, it's got a negative side, though, man. Okay. <laughs> what would you say? Like um, not an optimist, but a, pra- a pragmatic? Is that what you're saying? Slightly, slightly okay. pragmatic, yeah. Um, not, is it optimism in... Pessimist. Pessimist yeah. is the word I was looking for. Um, are, are, but you don't seem pessimistic. I'm not, I'm not pessimistic. No, I don't, I don't even see negativity, man. Okay. Like, like I struggle with pessimism. So what is it about your personality that you think is flawed? It, it can be kind of abrasive, man, because I'm so obsessed with this. Yeah. I, and I think that's what it is. You know, it's, it's hard for me to like be to like to relate to others because I'm so just, yeah. Like who cares about your feelings? This is exactly, goal. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, well, I mean, you know, insensitive when somebody's got a cold, I'm like, yeah, well I had this happen and I was still here. So why weren't you at work? Yeah. You, know, you know what so I mean? Like, it's so hard for me to like, not have to, here. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard for you to put other people's priorities ahead of your own. Yeah. And like me and my wife, we have this fantastic relationship, man. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that we struggle with, you know, I've gotten better at is like, can we ever, she always like, can we ever have a normal conversation? I'm like, me talking about the store, what I'm doing is normal for me because that's all I live and breathe, yeah, you know, besides it. my family. You yeah, know? I, I totally get it. Uh, what is one question you ask or thing you look for during the interview process? Their smile. What do you, what kind of smile? It's gotta be that genuine, like, you know, they're just smiling to be smiling, yeah. you know? Yep. Uh, what is your biggest challenge today? Myself, man, my skill, my lack of skills. How are you overcoming that? continuing to just, you know, absorb anything I can, man. I mean, and being intentional with that, you know, share one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team. This is a core value, a way to be sure. And I think, you know, we kind of straight off from this, but it goes back from the drug addiction and all that stuff. And like why the restaurant is, because I did a lot of crazy shit while I was working, you know, and so I, I run a tight ship, man. I mean, you know, what you do outside of work is what you do outside of work. But as far as here, you know, I, I, I'm a role model, you know, yeah. I, I've got teenage, you know, girls that work up front or, or, you know, you know, wherever, you know, I'm, I might be their only like father figure ish person or whatever. Yeah. So it's my job to protect them because I have a young daughter too. And I'd want her protected at work, you know, and this industry can be kind of brutal, man. Yeah. Um, wait, so repeat that was share one code of conduct or so you run uh, a tight ship, tight ship, man. Meaning it's, uh, drug like, use, alcohol. You come to fucking work drunk or high dude i've been in fist fights with my line cooks because they were back there high dude yeah gotcha you know? uh what is one uncommon standard of service you teach your team something that's common within the acorn grill but not common throughout 
other sure. restaurants? That's a great question too, man. Thanks. You know, um, you know, hospitality is so key to what we're doing here, dude. Um, you know, I, it, what I, what I do, I, I train them on when they have time and I try to give them time to, for the small talk, man. You know, the small talk with them. I'll, I'll train them, like, just pick out something on their T-shirt and just talk about it, man. Just find something and just chit-chat Find a way to them. connect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can do that whole, you know, the steps of service, man. Hi, have you ever been here before? You know, and that's really cool. And I, I mean, I, and I really appreciate that. And we do that here, you know. But I think it's like making that deep, meaningful, meaningful, meaningful connection with that guest, even if it's for five seconds, man. Because when I was a server, that's what I did. Yeah, I love you it. Know? Uh, what is one thing you feel restaurant tours don't do often enough or well enough? I don't know. That's, you know, restaurant tours, um, it, it, mom and pops independence and restaurant I restaurant owner. Yeah. Restaurant owner. Um, you know what it is, dude, I, I'll tell you, man. Um, and this is where this is coming from my own challenges and that's, that's, you know, putting themselves first and like making sure that they're and their families are good, man, because yeah. we, we consume ourselves so much with this we industry. We eat ourselves alive, yeah. you know, and I think you, I think that's a big part of why, um, it's, I mean, we, the, uh, not the, plug the network again, but you, you invested in profit first. You're a part of that, right? Um, and just taking little things, just like making sure you're paying yourself well, making sure you're taking care of yourself first thing in the morning, making sure you're doing all these things that you need because once because you need to be the best version of yourself before you can show up and try to help others be the best, the best versions of themselves. Right. Right. Um, how has profit first? I was was meant to bring that up to the conversation. Game changer, dude. Um, specifically how, I think just seeing the numbers, man, and like taking it out of that big chunk that it all comes in. Like yeah. now we call that the income account, you know, yeah. taking it out and like driving it down into these other budgeting accounts and like seeing where the money's actually going and like taking it, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Too. Exactly. Like, man. like profit and like tax, like you just take that out. So money hits the income account. Yep. The first place it's going is you're taking your 10% and whatever you want. Basically that's your profit that pays off debt that pays and that goes into assets and then tax. That's not yours. But what happens and I'm guilty of this, you just get money coming in and you're trying to grow like money's going out as fast as it's coming in and you're not allocating funds for things that aren't negotiable like taxes. And when you just take that money away, and it's not there, you don't have it. It's out of sight, out of mind. And then when it comes time for tax season, you just go to your checking account your, that, you, that you isolated and put it in this, like, this island account. And all of a sudden, holy shit, I have $25,000 here. Generating interest? You mean I have, yeah. Well, that's for your tax. But right. like now, um, yeah, generating interest. It still it, is, yeah. yeah but you know, how, do you know how it's generating interest, the, the, how that works? Well, because it's a savings account. I mean, yeah, there's that. But also, if theoretically, as you're getting better, as you're doing more business, as you're scaling, it's going to compound because it's that 10% of $100,000 you made this year is going to be bigger than 150,000. So that's more money. And then the the idea is as you're getting all this, this profit, profits used to invest in assets, assets make you money. It's exponential. It's amazing how it works. It's powerful stuff. Um, okay, I'm not trying to sell stuff, but I, I sure. know you know. I know that you've used it. I'm, I was actually kind of curious too. Is that playing into your partnership uh, with a Jose? Yeah. How? With the profit first? Yeah. Oh, he hadn't even started on that yet. Like, okay. I, mean, I mean, he sees it. He knows what's there. But yeah. you know what I mean. Um, but I think if you are looking to do profit sharing, yeah, you need to have profit. 
Oh yeah, yeah, allocated. yeah, yeah. Jose's still still on the salary payroll. We have okay. we, we just did this like two weeks ago, so okay. like we haven't even like really because because it's because this is gonna fuck up his taxes. Like, it's not gonna <laughs> fuck him up, but it's gonna make him complicated. Yeah. Which is that what you, that's what you want, man. You want complicated taxes. You want to be yeah. as simple as possible. But the more you know, success or whatever that looks like for you, the more complicated. Maybe your that's taxes. A, maybe that's a good conversation we could have. I could get an accountant to talk about partnerships and taxes and what that looks like and how to set yourself up for success. Right. And what just happened here is what the vision of the network is talking to people, finding out where the pain point is and me going, who do I know who can help us with that and bringing them in so we can learn together. Uh, what is one book that's a must read to make us a better person or restaurant operator? We already dropped a bunch today, right? Um, Grant Cardone, uh, how to win friends and influence people. Uh, what was the other one for personal growth? I think it was just that one, right? Yeah. I, there was good a couple of them. I don't remember that far back. Uh, Profit versus I, 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 like I did a lot college. of drugs, man. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> Is there one that comes to mind that we haven't mentioned yet? Um, you know, one thing that's tough for us restaurant um, operators is, and it's some, for some of us, for me, um, is, is like negotiations. And mm-hmm. like, so one of them, one of the books that I really gravitate towards was like Chris Voss, never split the difference, man. Like how to, how to negotiate with not just vendors, but with people. I mean, because I've got a team member that's like not wanting to come in or like not wanting to do this job. So how do I not split the difference where I'm pissing them off or yeah. I'm pissed off? Like how can we come to a, like a, you know, a, a mutual to terms. term? Yeah. Yeah. What was the biggest lesson from that book? That you don't have that both parties can walk away and still be stoked on the conclusion. Yeah. You know, what's one service you've hired or outsourced to, uh, my, uh, social media marketing. And who do you use? Uh, I use a local, um, out, you know, person. Can you mention them? So they can maybe get some more business. Uh, sweetly simplified solutions. Yeah. Sweetly simplified solutions. Yeah. A little shout out for you. What is one technology you've adopted within your uh, operation that's had a huge impact on communication, efficiency, profitability, anything along those lines? Gotta be seven shifts, man. Seven like shifts. that's been, you know, that's been awesome being able to like, you know, have that on with like the team scheduling and then even the communication side of things, man. And this is the last question. It's a doozy. Get ready for it. If you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the memories of you, your work and your restaurants would be gone with your departure with the exception of three pieces of wisdom you could leave behind for the good of humanity and for your legacy. What would those three pieces of wisdom be? Wow. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay. Ask me again. What? Uh, you don't have these memory, these questions memorized. <laughs> I'm usually by that, by the end of it, I'm like already like, yeah. okay. Next. Um, uh, sorry, man. Me to, I can read it again. If you, okay. got, if you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the memories of you, your work and your restaurants would be lost with your, with your departure. Right. And here's really where the question is. What are the three pieces of wisdom that you could leave behind for the good of humanity and for your legacy? Like one, you know, never stop. Just don't stop trying, man. One, you know, um, be willing to just say yes to, um, and just be vigilant, man. Watch what's going on around you. Be mindful, mindful. Yeah. Yeah. Three. This has been awesome. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time to share your story for me to make an example of you to get vulnerable and open up. It's not easy to talk about what we talked about today. Um, and for your support, man, you've been an incredible support of me and my journey in, in the network. And I just want to see you in this moment for all those things, what you've done and just congratulations on what you've overcome, dude. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. unstoppable. And I almost forgot to give you an opportunity to call somebody out. Uh, so who's one person that you respect and admire? And if they were a guest on the show that hasn't already been a guest on the show, 
you'd be tuning in. Dude, I, I became a major fanboy of Rudy Mick, right? Like recently, man. Yeah. Like that dude, like like that. His, his I mean, he's happy. He's yeah. like passionate about this, what he's doing, man. But he's so like analytical and in depth, man. You know, like hyper nerd about this, man. Yeah. It's so cool. He's great, and Rudy is one of my key mentors in the network. And the idea behind these men, these mentors, or I'm um, in these 800 interviews, like who am I going to tomorrow? to open a restaurant and uh, Rudy's been super proactive in the network. Um, I'm trying to, you know, squeeze as much wisdom as I can out of him. And the hope is going into the future more and more, like maybe collaborating more with like Ryan Gromfin and David Scott Peters. Yeah. Uh, Rudy is just there right now. And he's been, he's so willing to be a part of what we're doing that like I've been kind of leaning into his wisdom. Uh, but over time I hope to like distill like, lessons and have you know a little bit of all the people that have influenced the show over time but yeah rudy mick is great i'm sure he will be back on the show before long because he's just always uh you know he's just so active and how can we connect with you if we're interested in maybe continuing the conversation uh if we maybe want to come join your team for in indiana and if we want to be a part of your your you know scaling and come learn from you and be a part of what you got going on so being like digital first, man, if you just search acorn grill, like yeah. you'll find us everywhere, yeah. man. Um, yeah. I'm super it's amazing too. Cause there's not another acorn grill like that. I can, like Maybe, but if they don't have the same SEO that you do, uh, you had a dude on the show, man. Um, he was in, in unfortunate COVID kind of took, you know, the, the restaurant, you know, but they had, um, an acorn of Denver or something like that really? over there, man. Yeah. It was, it was, it was one of the first podcasts I really like listened that you did, man. It was weird that I got it. I, I listened to this man at that time. Oh, really? Yeah. Acorn. My past guest. Yeah. He was, he was like Oops. a mixologist, man. We did, you know, did those cool things with the cocktails yeah, and whatever, man. Awesome. Um, this has been great, dude. Uh, I'll say it one more time. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Thanks, bro. Cheers. There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Brandon Knuffel, thank you so much for coming on the show and just being a person of inspiration. Uh, tons of great stuff was discussed in this this episode, but more than anything, man, I think you just inspired people out there, no matter what their challenges are they can be overcome and you are a shining example of that. I'm proud to call you my friend and thank you so much for being a part of restaurant unstoppable, the network and supporting me. And uh, it was just an honor to make an example of you today, man. Keep up the good work. And if you want to connect with Brandon, he is making himself available in the network for peer mentoring on Monday, July 19th at 1 PM. So if you found value in today's conversation, you want to meet Brandon, you want to learn from Brandon, you wanted to ask questions about our conversation, then that's when you you do it during a peer mentoring again on July 19th at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Also in the network next week, we have Amy Morton and Amy Mills also hosting their pair, their peer mentoring. Those are both happening on July 14th. Uh, Amy Mills, the, uh, the barbecue queen is going to be available at 2 p.m. And Amy Morton at 4.30 p.m. And we're also launching Restaurant Unstoppable Book Club in the network. So uh, Brandon is a part of the book club, as a matter of fact. And right now we are reading slash listening to Atomic Habits, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones by James Clear. And this book club is going to be a little different than traditional book clubs. I, I have read a lot of books over the past few years. Most of the books that are being recommended to me, I try to read them and what we're doing now, and I don't know about you, but I noticed that I have this habit of reading a ton of books, learning a ton, but never executing and implementing the things I'm learning in the books. So the purpose of this book club is to go back through the, the books that have been recommended, the books that I've found the most value in. And then I want to implement the lessons 
from these books into my life, into my business. And I want you to do the same thing. So this is one part book club, one part educational, one part accountability. And we're going to spend one quarter on each book. So that's three months reading the book and implementing the lessons of the book in our business. So if that sounds interesting to you and you want to be a part of this again, head over to restaurant, be a part of the conversation and be a part of the transformation. That's it for today, guys until next time. Peace out.